yeah, 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 yeah. It's 2019, baby! Hello! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome to 2019 and the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast. The podcast where comedians dissect wrestling to an unhealthy degree. I'm your host, the host with the most viral stand-up about professional wrestling and about to have a professional wrestling stand-up material only stand-up set Dan Black, a.k.a. Donsky, Black Amora, a.k.a. Donnie Kayfabe, a.k.a. the king of J- Bro. Bro. a.k.a. Donnie Capri from that time I went to Italy. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Playing IT. Aka the modern day goof haraja coming at you like Cleopatra, baby, baby, gabba, gabba, wee, gabba, gabba, wee, gabba, 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 wee. The girl, she's mad. And She's fine. Not changing my lifestyle. I'm four or five women every day of my life. What up, Jabroniacs? Shock. We are back in action for your satisfaction with all those 2019 spicy, spicy, spicy wrestling reactions, baby. I have been here for 12 years. We took 2018 and we... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but welcome to the show. We're still back. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am man. We got a lot to announce to get into the show. A lot to say. But I mean, to kick off 2019, there's only there's really only one way to do it. <sighs> With a nice, nice Lacroix, a lime, obviously, a Noche. Ask what flavor it is. Hey Dan, what it's flavor is it? It's a lime. I just said. Oh, I literally sorry. just said that it's a lime. I'm sorry. Why would you ask that? Oh my god. You, you, you told me to. Shame. Right. Shame. Shame. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, everybody. <laughs> Listen, a lot to announce. It is 2019. Uh we are recording this on January 2nd, Wednesday, which means that you are back at work after your New Year's Day off, after your New Year's Eve night. And that means that the cow nine two five eight hour uh workday episode is available featuring the first ever Cow Comedians of Wrestling Official Summit episode. So you can listen to our 9 to 5, our 8 hour episode. A bunch of you, as I'm recording this, have already finished this episode, which uh, is insanely uh, flattering. <laughs> but uh, have you, you've already listened to this episode, which is amazing, but I listened back to it. Uh, I think it was amazing. Um, 
Mina No spent all night last night trying to get this thing to upload because the file was massive. Oh, it's split in two. The matrix almost collapsed when I uploaded this thing. Oh, Patreon, uh, Patreon, like was like, what? What are you doing? It was basically <laughs> yeah. like, what? What are you doing? I mean, this is not no. what this is yeah. for. <laughs> it was thinking for an yeah. hour. Uh, but hey, anyway, you can listen to this nine to five episode. I'm really proud of it. It has a uh, special guests on it. Uh, 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 pitch, Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston, uh, businessman, Arlen, Mar- 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 Arlen Marmel, the natural heel, Jason Jabiro, uh, Nasty Newman, obviously, and uh, myself, and we uh, we chop it up, and uh, we have our Summit episode, which is very, expl- it's explained what that is in the eight-hour episode, you figure it out, but basically what it is, is an exciting way, where the uh, interactive way for this community to rate professional wrestlers and it's an ongoing process which leads to future cow summit episodes where you get this google document okay you can look at it look at how uh, how wrestlers are ranked you can get fired up about it and you can leave us a voicemail okay on the summit line which is uh 316 789-6006-316 Seven eight nine six zero zero six. But anyway, when we have future Cow Summit episodes, you can rate, uh, uh, rate on there. Say someone's underrated, overrated on this sheet, or omitted. Uh, you can weigh in, and we'll take your. Uh, 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 voicemails into account. Maybe we'll call you up if I disagree enough. <laughs> I might, I might call you up. Uh, yeah, check out the nine to five episode right now is available on for all tiers of Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Comedians of Wrestling. We're in nineteen. If you've been listening, if you were listening to this show for all of twenty eighteen, consider being a patron. <laughs> consider donating a couple bucks. We are a grassroots podcast. If you know how little resources we were given for this podcast, you know you maybe throw in a. A bowl of soup, all right? Uh, <laughs> take a little sip. All right, cool. So check out the 9 to 5 episode. It's a, it's a great time. Uh, eight, eight hours that flew by. Uh, and actually, I think it's about eight hours and 45 minutes. Uh, hey, love some, it. Some overtime. We did a little OT, as you know. Uh, and anyway, I want to announce another big announcement, okay? My stand-up special, which I released to patrons at the Jabroniac producer tier on Christmas Day, got amazing feedback. Got to tell you guys, really, uh, not to get too sentimental at the beginning of 2019, right? Because they got to keep my machismo going. But uh, I really, uh, uh, it really warmed my heart on Christmas Day to, uh, to that everyone was taking pictures of uh, themselves with the title cards. Oh, by stand-up special and uh, telling me how much they enjoyed it and taking times out any time out of your Christmas day to watch my comedy couldn't be a bigger compliment. Not to mention it was for producers of it. So um, I'm extending getting a producer credit. So if you sign up at the Jabroniac producer level, you have till January 15th to be included in the credits. But here is the big release announcement. I will be releasing publicly for free. For everybody, all right, not people who are not on the Patreon to watch my stand-up special, adult wrestling fan, on Friday, January twenty-fifth, the Friday before the Royal Rumble. So this is the official kickoff to not only WrestleMania to Cowmania. 
is starts on Friday of Royal Rumble weekend, which is my birthday weekend. It is a uh, is a uh, it's my equivalent of Christmas, even though I now celebrate Christmas because. My father-in-law is not a Jewish man. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so, but it's fine. I have two Christmas eyes. I have two Christmases. Uh, but yeah, adult wrestling fan, you can check that out. I'll give you more details on how you can check that out. Uh, uh, but yeah, January uh, 25th. You'll be able to see it. I'll tell you how soon. Um, and I think uh, now if you're a patron, the January 25th, if you're, uh, uh, I'm going to release some bonus content. For patrons, so not for pe- for you be able to watch the special. Uh, where I tell you, adult wrestling fan, you can check that out. But for patrons on that day, I'll release more content involving that special, which I'll get into at a later date. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting me, and uh, yeah, Cal- now Calmania, which I'm going to get into. Calmania is a real thing. Now we're we're ways out, but I just want to say that. I have no details yet, but I will say that with certainty, Comedians of Wrestling will have two events, uh, WrestleMania weekend in New York, okay? Um, There will be two events. So, and one of them, I believe, I shouldn't be giving out too much information, it might go back on this, but one of them is completely free, Okay. So, uh, yeah, but we'll get into that. That's Calmania, okay? Great. All right. So, uh, also, I got seven hoodies left in limited sizes. So, if you want a hoodie, hit me up. Uh, some of you already went. Yeah, I, I, how many warnings I could have given people in Nosh about these hoodies that they Every, were going to go? Yeah. Almost, like, almost I, like every Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's get uh, let's get into the show. Uh, okay. So, look. I've been being around the bush here, trying to keep positive, stay positive about a lot of things, but uh, uh, it seems like a, a world's away. <laughs> but uh, this is our first episode that we're recording since the uh, what people are now calling the clash at the beach incident uh, involving Nasty Newman and Adam Letterman. We went to retrieve the title. Um, for, for new listeners, Adam Letterman was the former... Former, very much the former sponsor of the show, and uh, truthfully, a former friend, a guy I go way back uh, with, and uh, and he was a sponsor of the show. He started getting out of hands. You can go back in the episodes, you could see, and you can check on the Facebook page, Communities of Wrestling Facebook page, where we talk about wrestling at four in the morning. But you see on there, uh, there's proof, video proof, documenting all this, and he's in there running a mock. But essentially, Adam Letterman was the sponsor of the show. He started acting up. I stopped doing the reads. He threatened to sue me. I went to go. Speak with him to try to settle out of court because my lawyer said that I, I was in breach of contract. You know, I'm not like a business guy. I'm just a podcaster here. I went in there and he assaulted me with a gavel uh, and stole, most importantly, stole the Cow Heavyweight title. So anyway, he's not the sponsor of the show anymore. But the point is, is that Nasty Newman was severely injured at the, uh, the Clash at the Beach. Adam Letterman threw him off a, a cliff. You saw the video. I, I felt so helpless. I yeah. was in Canada. It was miles away. I felt helpless. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it's terrible. But, guys, I have some promising news. In studio, right now, I have the return of Nasty Newman. How about it? <clears throat> Newman, how are you? I think all things considered, uh, I'm fine. I'm trying to have a positive outlook as well. Um 
Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I, just, I, I didn't introduce you earlier because I was going through the announcements and right. stuff, and I didn't want to put fine. pressure on you to like have to t- turn it on before we kind of hear how you're really feeling. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, I um, uh, it was close, and I was. I'm lucky to be alive. My surgeon uh, said, uh, and uh, basically. Uh, I, I talked to you, Sergio. You, you probably don't even remember. No, I don't I was remember there the first. I was there for like the first four yeah. something days. You kept telling me to go. Yeah. You kept being like, get out, like go. You, but they were like, yeah, I was like, Dan, we can only have one one guest at a time, and my mom wants to come in the room. <laughs> yeah, you, I know, but I, yeah, whatever. I mean, we're joking. Yeah. We're yeah, laughing yeah, now because yeah, yeah, you're yeah, here, yeah, yeah. and the doctors have said you're going to pull through. I mean, you still have a ways to go to like full recovery. But yeah. look, you're walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. In, in a, in, not, yeah. not perfectly, but you know, yeah, you're uh, bipedal. Yes, you know? yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to, to still, you know, I have my uh, ability to walk. Uh, I'm healthy right now. Uh, I do. I'm still in physical therapy. Uh, what happened actually was um, Letterman uh, broke my back. Essentially, he um, when he pushed me off of that, where he threw me off the cliff. It's fucking crazy. I landed uh, uh, right in the small of my back. Or they call it the thoracolumbar region. Right, mm. it's where your thoracic uh, spine. I know all this terminology now because the doctors, of course. Been, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it's funny in the hospital because the doctor would talk to me like he was like, "Are you fa-? first of all?" He was like, "Are you f- give me the are you family treatment?" Yeah, and I could be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're family," you know. Uh, 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 then I got a little tiff with your mom. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But she was like, "He's not family," <laughs> but it, uh, <laughs> it's not important. But like. Uh, I, I kept making him tell me the word again. Like, I felt yeah. like a fucking idiot. It was like, Thoraso Park? Like, yeah. I kept hearing Jurassic Park. Jurassic, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thoraso lumbar yeah. fracture. Right, okay. So it's like the T, you know how like spine has like C1, C5, C. So uh, at Thoraso lumbar region, it's T11. T stands for Thoraso. So my T11 uh, spinal uh, disc mm-hmm. uh, was fr- is fractured. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. No. And so um, it's an extremely common place. To break your back, so luckily they, you know, oh, that's a te- the team at Cedar Sinai yeah. uh, has a lot of experience with it, and so they were able to give me um, props s- them over there. They were uh, they were so uh, I mean, hey, come on, guys. I mean, you look great. It's only been a couple of weeks, and you're already back on your feet. So, yeah, uh, props to them. It's uh, well, I mean, you know, I blasted through my you know my first round of physical therapy because I'm in peak physical physical well, condition. Imagine, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, so, uh, we got the old Newman <laughs> yeah. back already. Uh, or uh, arrogant son of a yeah. gun. But what's what's interesting is that. Uh, yeah, well, they did like a little, uh, like a special, like a specialty treatment on me. They were able to restore mechanical uh, flexibility uh-huh. in that area and uh, induce neurologic recovery so that I could be able to walk. Mm. Um, I dodged as a 36% chance of neurological injury that I dodged, wow. right? 36% is a very high That's percentage. High. Um, and yeah, I just want, you know, shout out to my spinal team at, the, at Cedar sinai Dr. Johnson, Dr. Bay, mm. uh, Dr. Aspen, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Berkeley. Yeah. So, uh, um, I think, uh, Dr. Goldstein, Dr. Yeah. Johnson, these are all real doctors at yeah. Cedar Sinai. I know. It's, it's so, anytime you say a list of doctors, right. it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyway, like you're on your feet and mm-hmm. I was there and I felt responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel, I feel, I had a lot of time to reflect on this, you know, I didn't have, you know, same. I went to Palm Springs with my wife for New Year's and, the. Uh, you told me to go, you gave me the blessing to kind of go yeah. do my thing. Um, but I felt, I, I know. I mean, I got released you today, after, I should point out too, right? Like I know. I, that I, I came from Cedars here in their shuttle. So, oh, wow. yeah, I, I, I guess 
I want to say two things to you, Newman, while I got you in front of me, which yeah. is that, and, and and feel free to fast forward to this. We're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about Raw. We're talking about SmackDown. Talk about the Rumble card. Uh, but Newman, like, I, I want to say sorry. To you. I want to apologize, and I'm sure I, I, you know, I for two things. Mm. One thing is uh, just for, I feel like I could have stopped you. I mean, you're arrogant, kind of a guy. You're bullheaded. You're a guy, a man of belief. In your own ways, you know, we're very, we're definitely different about how we approach things. You know, I wouldn't let the thing go. And you were like, no, we're going after him. We're going, you know, and, and I, I, it haunts me. I think about you climbing up those rocks and, uh, and you ran, I couldn't stop you. But in my head, I have dreams where like, I could have stopped you, you know, but I'm like, I wish I had just stopped you, you know? So I, I'm sorry. I should, uh, I, as a friend, I should have protected you, you know? And then the next part is that I feel like when I came in the studio here, and I, I said this on video, you were, you, were, you warned me. I think you warned me about the consequences and repercussions, you know? And you were saying that to Letter, Letterman in my mind, but I think you were applying it not just to Letterman. You know, this is where your wisdom comes in. It was, it was to me as well about, like, the 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 repercussions, the consequences of me being complacent, you know, me sleeping at the wheel while this lunatic dominated this podcasting community that we're sitting here every week to build, you know? And I was like, oh, let the title go, whatever. He called it a piece of plastic. He said it's spray painted. And then part of me started to believe that, that it didn't, that, that the cow title, that it didn't matter. It was just like a symbol, you know, and my relationships and stuff mattered more, but it's not, it is that, but it is about control, right? Like it is about, it is about, just sorry. It, it's about standing up for what you believe in. I, I spray painted that title recklessly, spent money I shouldn't have spent, right? That I could have put into a new microphone. We needed a new mixer and I, Got that commemorative title. I was like, "This is going to be the cow title. We're gonna, I'm gonna forge it, comedically for, forge it, you know." And uh, and that was to, so the the listeners of this podcast had a symbol, something to 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 point to to be like that's that's just a thing, but it represents so much more to me, and it was important to everyone. And I sat back and let Letterman run amok on the group. But no, I'm saying I'm sorry to you for sitting back. It's, no more. No, apologies accepted, of course. No hard feelings. Um, I do have, if, can I say something to to Letterman since I know he's a deranged fan and he's listening to this right I, now? I agree with you. He's, 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 listening, he's probably going to keep listening to this back. The fact that we mention him, yeah. it just feeds his ego even more. Right. Uh, but I'm going to, I have a message. Uh, they say that when you taste human flesh for the first time uh that nothing you eat after that will satisfy you the way that human flesh did sort of the taboo of cannibalism mm. um and adam letterman you may have thrown me off of a cliff you may have broken my back but i got one shot off on you and my fist tasted the flesh of your face and adam my fist is hungry and nothing is going to satisfy my fist until I taste the flesh of your face 
once more. Well, Newman, wow. we're, we're, we got to talk about this after because I'm not letting you get near Letterman again. You're not doing my dirty work again. Okay, right. that was the is that I I, I want to tell you is that what I've realized is that Adam Letterman is dangerous. Adam Letterman is more dangerous than I am. He's tougher than me. He's stronger than me. And he's willing to go to places that I'm not willing to go yet. Okay? But Adam Letterman, what he did to you, the fact that I saw it, I witnessed it, and I have the video, and I can watch it back, it lit a fire in me, a fire in me that is, is <laughs> will never go out. And I know that right now I'm not ready to face him. But I will be ready, and I'm getting ready. And I'm not going to talk about it every single minute on this podcast. I'm not going to let him derail the, the, the fucking awesome content that we're making here, the awesome show we have here. But just know, as your crazed fan, which is what Newman calls you, know that when I leave here, I'm getting ready. Every minute I'm spending not preparing for this podcast, working on this podcast, I'm getting ready for you. And the next time we see each other, I don't even know when that's going to be. I'm not sure. You're going to see a different me, a me that you didn't know existed, okay? So you enjoy my title for now. You keep it warm because next time you see me, you're going to wish you never, ever met me, and you're going to certainly wish you didn't put hands on that cow title or on Adam Newman. So cheers up. Or Alex Newman. He didn't touch my dad, Adam. Oh, Adam Newman? <laughs> yeah. That's my dad's shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck man, he's still got, his, he's still got right. a sense of humor about him. You got him, man. I mean, Alex Newman. If you don't laugh, you don't laugh. If you don't laugh, you cry. Right? Oh, all right. Well, that's, that feels like a good way to move yeah, on. All right. Um, okay. So anyway, actually, I think um, I think we should move on. It's hard to. It's always hard to pivot here. I think we got. Hold on. We got to. We got to hit this. All right, it's always cool. good to get off of this, and uh, I know we might have to edit that down because I, I don't know if people are going to like that to start off the new year. Yeah, we can chop out some stuff. Yeah, but we got it. While don't, we're talking don't about, chop, the, don't chop my sick cannibalism program. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's go. Yeah, I think yeah. this kick uh, it off. We should go to a cash in quick. All right, yeah. You know, so all right, here's this one. What up? What up? It's uh, Jacob Levitt, Semitic superstar, cashing in. I'm so fucking tired of you idiots bringing up the high ground without Whoa. understanding the significance of it. So here's the deal. When Obi-Wan tells Anakin that he has the high ground, he's trying to bait Anakin into flipping over him. He knows that Anakin is going to try to use his powers because he knows that Anakin's overconfident. The fact that the Force jump can get in the higher ground is the whole point of that scene. Because in Episode 1, when Obi-Wan had the lower ground on Darth Maul, he still killed him, which which proved the idea of higher ground. Like, like the point of that is that not that higher ground is important, it's that high ground is worthless. He was trying to, he knows that Anakin hates being overshadowed, kind of like, uh, he, he was kind of like, so basically what he was doing is he was, he was giving Anakin this idea that being on the high ground had sense, some sense of superiority. But we know from episode one that that's not true because he knew that he could bait Anakin to trying to force up over him, which would leave him exposed to getting chopped in fucking half. So there you go, mystery solved. There, never complain about the high ground again. Bye. Cheers up. Cheers up. Uh, I get it. Wait a minute. Wait. All right. No, are, no. are you suggesting that the Jedi baited Anakin into jumping over him so that he could kill him? Are well, you suggesting that a Jedi? Wanted 
and tricked, deceived somebody into exposing themselves to being killed. Like a cold-blooded murderer. Think about what you're saying about a Jedi. Yeah, by the way, for the, it's the new year. I so agree with you. For, yeah. a, a notion for, it's a new year for the new, just for new listeners. I just want to say, we always talk about the concept. We always somehow stumble into this scene in episode three where they discuss the high ground. And, uh, and uh, which... Well, I'm not going back into what right. happened with you, but it, it, it we've seen it in action firsthand. Yeah. Newman, uh, 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 Letterman had the higher ground when we uh, when we confronted him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that theory is pretty fucking good. But I know what you're saying is that he. Uh, but I guess are are you saying? Oh man, this derail us so much. But are you saying Newman that you think that it's crazy for Obi Wan to try to win? Like, to know that, like, if I goat him to do this jump, I'm probably going to kill him. Because then what's the point of a saber battle? Is he is he full-on defensive? I just don't, I don't think that, I think that whether or not he wants to win or is willing to, I, I, whether or not he wants to win, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think Jedis do whatever it takes to win. And I don't think that a Jedi would deceive or, like, trick or bait somebody into exposing themselves into being chopped in half. Right, but let's say this is that this is the that moment is actually the end of the Jedi's, right? Like that's that actual <laughs> moment is the end of the full on Jedi order, right? For, for as far as we know, right now, forever. And so I think Obi Wan facing his toughest uh, uh, battle mm-hmm. yet to date, and actually he's facing the person that he can feel this is the person will be his demise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he is reaching in, and it kind of symbolizes the death of the Jedi Order. And in which case, by the way, this all proves my point, which is that the prequels are not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no, well, there's I know. a lot more. Here's what I say: there's a lot more redeeming qualities about the prequels right. than people give them credit for. But I, most arguments I agree with. About yeah, the yeah, no, yeah. that that makes sense. But I just don't. I try. I, I'm wrestling with the idea that uh, that he would intentionally like bait him, like trick him into doing something. Right. Also, the way he delivers the line, he's like, "I have the high ground now." Uh, it feels like he's saying, "Like, just let's stop this." Right. And if you're following his character, it would be kind of like, don't do it. Because then he screams like, you were the chosen one. But that might be him being so worked up that he tricked him like because he loved him. And he's like, right. I can't believe I fought dirty. So I think it's actually, I don't know, I, I think it's, I think this is a good, first of all, it's a great cash in. Right. It ended with the cheers up, which is 98% of the battle here, guys. Right. There are no bad cash ins, just cash ins that don't end in cheers up. Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I don't. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I think this is a fantastic theory yes. by Jacob Levitt, but I also think that is the one hole that I wrestle with because the moral compass of the Jedi is to always find a peaceful resolve. Because didn't Obi Wan he allowed himself to be killed by Darth Vader later, right? right? Mm-hmm. By Anakin later. Right. Which is allegorical to there's this story of Jesus who like he like when he's like descending into hell and he goes through all these trials and uh, and the final trial, he like it's against this like demon who's like all powerful and he can't beat it the way that he beat any, all the other ones. And he, he, fi- he figures out that the way to beat this demon is to uh, allow it to destroy him. Right. And yeah. he's reborn. And, and that'll be drive me nuts because it, it, it's all about right. uh, competition. Right. Right. Like, I'll be reborn more powerful. Exactly. If yeah, right. Yeah, if you yeah, strike right. me down, through I'll surrender, come back. Through surrender. Because like, I mean. I uh, always thought that, to be honest, 
I always thought it was just like a flaw in Star Wars. Like yeah. it's like, oh well, they made this movie that's gonna have all this. Yeah. And then like they're like, all right, well, he killed. They're like, all right, but he killed him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it never happens again in, in it. Right. It never actually maybe till uh, the Last Jedi, but it never happens again where where somebody lets allows themselves to be killed. Right. Mm, Luke, like where the, Luke, right? the saber like the, maybe, goes through, maybe in the most recent one, kind of. Because was it probably just to save money, almost just to be right. like, all right, well, when you hit with a saber, you disappear. No, because he closes his eye. But can you? Yeah, he disappears. I don't know. No one Listen, has ever guys, died by the way that Obi Wan died, where it's just like one lightsaber and you vanish, you vanish, evaporate. Yeah. I will say that I think that maybe you're right about justifying the the way that right. he was he kind of killed him cold bloodedly is right. that he was like this guy is going to be evil and I've tried to fight it and I'm looking at him buddy you were the chosen one yeah like, but I gotta fucking kill you because you're gonna ruin everyone mm. so I gotta do it and then so maybe he baited him into it that way and he right. he sacrificed some of his Jedi morals yeah all right well. Well, the interesting thing is this applies to wrestling, cool. you know, in the interesting way. Like, like the, it's actually the debate I have with like Tulo a lot. Mm -hmm. He gives WWE so much credit. He's always like, "They planned this so far ahead. <laughs> this happened. Like, they knew. Like, all right, we're gonna make Daniel Bryan purposely bad." Yeah. But we talked about that on the pod. We're like, "Oh, we're gonna have him come back, do the yes chance, and people aren't gonna be into it." It's like, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's so. more of like they, week to week they tweak it. Yeah. I think a lot of times the plan, uh, 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 and and and. and we know we have enough proof from people on the inside to know that it's all happening, uh, and also from the outside, just watching it, that it's all happening pretty impulsively. All right. Anyway, um, well, one thing. Tulo's uh, in love with the product, you know. Yeah. When you're in love, you can't uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't see any flaws. Right? So uh, <laughs> I want to. Uh, I think the biggest news in pro wrestling since we're back is the uh, is the announcement of all elite wrestling. Okay, uh, big announcement that we all knew was coming, um, and to do that, I feel like, look, this comes down to a business deal, right? and you know when it comes to business, everyone knows I'm a failed businessman, okay? <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to turn to our, the cow business correspondent, Mr. Arlen Marmel, right. so we're going to give him a call right now. Hello? Arlen, what's up? How you doing, fella? Doing all right, man. So, uh, Arlen, for new listeners, Arlen is my best friend and a successful businessman. He is the official cow businessman. We're coming to you calling because you called me this morning and you're like, yo, I got a, I got a lot to say about all elite wrestling. So, for people who know, it's Cody and the Young Bucks have started their own promotion. It is 100% official. They're already signing wrestlers. They got a big injection of capital. Uh, and uh, everyone from looking at the Facebook page, Community Wrestling Facebook, talking about wrestling at four in the morning. From talking about the the, the Facebook page, everyone is uh, kind of like in the middle on it, right? Like no one, no one, no one's committing to being like this is going to be a failure or this is going to be huge. Everyone is really like uh, cautiously optimistic. I want to say about it. So uh uh. uh Arlen, we're going to throw to, uh, we got Newman in studio. He's back here, and uh, this is his first day out of the hospital today. Um, uh, Newman, what facts do we got about All Elite Wrestling? Uh, so what we know is that the the uh, owner, the owner of the Jaguars, his son, Tony Khan, is uh, the president of AEW, uh, and they signed officially 
the the Young Bucks, Brandy Rhodes, Cody, Hangman Page, and Britt Baker. Uh, they have a press conference coming up on the 8th, which I think is when they're going to announce their double or nothing, their next event. Right. Um, and that's really all anybody knows. Right. Cool. Arlen, where are you at? Well, first, I want to start off by saying, I, you know I'm a huge fan of entrepreneurship. One of the biggest things that got me into WWE in the first place was just being a fan of Vince McMahon. And I, I know you can attest to this. I was a fan of Vince before. I was even really a fan of wrestling itself because I appreciated so much what he did. And so, number one, I just want to say that, you know, uh, I'm someone who wants to build businesses. I appreciate what these guys are trying to do. And so, you know, there's always a lot of respect in trying to do something that's difficult, different, putting yourself out there. There, there There's a certain degree of vulnerability to this. Big like, butt about to str- drop. I'm feeling a big... <laughs> <laughs> they are certainly not doing, you know, taking the well-trodden path. Right. With that said, I think I think there's going to be a big gap between what they can deliver and what people actually want. In other words, I'm seeing some people out there saying, like, first let's dispel any notion that there's any possibility of competing with WWE. Right? Like, not possible. WWE is way too entrenched, has way too much capital to invest in their business. And too much momentum and inertia. Um, but the biggest thing that I think really will, will hinder them is that, you know, the TV business is in a fundamentally different place today in 2019 now than it was, you know, five, 10, or certainly 20 years ago. Without that money, you know, from television, WWE's television deal is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Without that money to fund the business, you're basically building it off of strictly live events. And I think we've seen a lot of different wrestling promotions come and go over time that struggled, you know, maybe had some success, whether it was, you know, it's, it's ECW um, or even a Ring of Honor. Um, there's plenty that have, that have had a degree of success, but it's very hard to sustain that business by putting on a show once a month or even once a week and making all of your money from ticket sales. Now, obviously today you can have a direct to consumer subscription. We see new Japan do some of this, but it's still nothing close to what those television dollars amount to. And so in reality, the only real challenger ever to WWE was WCW in large part because they had a major television contract and it's not just the television dollars. It's the exposure. Now, obviously to all of us wrestling marks, you know, the Bucks, hangman, Cody, all these guys are relevant to us, but they are not household names in the same way that WWE talent can become because they're on USA and soon Fox and, you know, which is is an even bigger deal. So I think the practical reality here is, yes, this is an awesome thing that's happening. And it's very cool to see these guys assemble and do this, but it will be really hard, I think, for them to be anything besides, uh, you know, an indie promotion with some extra shine because of the talent associated with it. Um, and there's no doubt that the Bucks uh, and Cody are pretty special, in particular the Bucks, I, you know, I believe are a major anomaly in the wrestling business. They have basically built an industry around them. But I, I don't have a great deal of confidence that this thing can become any sort of a major challenger in the wrestling business or anything outside of a really cool thing that probably a bunch of us wrestling fans will um, be able to enjoy, 
but I just don't see how it really breaks through. I'm, I mean, I, I'm interested to hear if either of you have a different perspective, but I think it's a really, really hard road that they're on, albeit one that I respect and admire. And I believe that them as individual talents might make more money from this path than they would have from taking the traditional path. But I don't know that we're going to get some kind of new major wrestling promotion outside of this or anything other than an indie promotion that, um, you know, is, is maybe a cut above the rest. Wow. Arlen Marmel laying it all out in a way that uh, not only could I not, in a way that I wouldn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, 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 I I only, like, I don't mean it in an asshole way. That was great. I think of it in terms of, I'm like, yo, uh, in like a fun, like, Mark way, where I'm like, yo, the Bucks have their own promotion. <laughs> Think about all the cool shit they could do. They got a, now they got an open, they got a big paycheck. They got a, they, but, and then I'm like, yo, they might just stream events, like $5. I can watch, like, some awesome ass pay per view. But I, I, the, the, I think that's really interesting. I, I think probably the counter argument, Arlen, what I'm thinking is that they're probably, their plan is not to compete with WWE, right? Absolutely. So the plan is not, their not plan possible. is to just... That's why I was like, dispel that notion. Not possible, right? So they have to do something different. Right. Their plan is to be, like, artistically free, right? And they're, like, probably just be like, this is a, like, uh, this, this is how, this is how, this is how, here's my vision for professional wrestling, the business that I love, and here's me making a living at it. You know what I mean? But, like, because of the Monday Night Wars, it's all in our head that, like, these are going to compete. Here's my question to you. Do you think – you said re- promotions come and go. So here's what I'd pose it to you. Do you see it as can they be uh, number two? You know what I mean? Like, which would be insanely below WWE. And would their goal be to, like, be, like, the best promotion that's not WWE, which might be, uh, like, worlds below? And then, um, is there any growth in terms of just being a fully like online or streaming or what? Like you're saying, oh, they don't have a TV job. Do you? You're not. You're saying that you still need it in today's day and age. Okay, let me take them one at a time. I think uh, first of all, I think the number two spot is sewn up by New Japan. Now, granted, these are some of the top stars of New Japan. Um, obviously, you know, Kenny, the Bucks. Um, but I still think New Japan has a lot of infrastructure that Wait, they don't Kenny have. And I, is Kenny going? I, no, he's not. I thought he was associated he's the with new, it. He's the, he's the IWGP champion, right? He's not related to Stardust either. Kenny hasn't commented on any of it yet. Right. All right, maybe I'm just making an assumption. But nonetheless, I think New Japan has the number two spot zone up. And I think infrastructure really matters. Like, let's take you as an example. You run your own business, Dan. You have this podcast. You guys have this cottage industry going you totally control it you and newman have full artistic freedom but as you well know it's limiting when you don't have a ton of infrastructure and resources and i think as much as we want to romanticize the idea that they're out on their own and they have no one to hold them back i mean you're still without uh all of the resources and the infrastructure so we make a lot of fun of wwe and the writing and all that stuff but like look at the costumes look at the production value look at the pyro Look at what can happen when you show up at WrestleMania, the kind of, um, you know, pomp and circumstance that surrounds all of it. And I just think it's very, very hard to do that when you're solely reliant on ticket sales. Now, to your other question, 
No, I don't think you necessarily need TV in 2019. What I was saying before is simply those dollars, those, that passive money. I mean, WWE gets a check from, um, you know, NBC Universal previously that paid them hundreds of millions of dollars every week, week in and week out. Now, obviously, they pay attention to the ratings and they care, but that money just keeps coming and you can use that to fund the business. It's not like if you have a bad week of shows and only 70% of the crowd shows up, you don't get the money. Like, that deal is guaranteed. So I think it's really nice to have that passive income. Yeah, Arlen when really you start, is a businessman. Yeah. He's laying it out in a way where I can't even think of a joke to add. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I was able to make this podcast unfunny real fast. <laughs> no, dude. We need, it, it's, it's, I'm glad to hear it because... My, so so here's what I'll say. Like that, well, right. I, have a, I have a question. Is this worth their? T- oh yeah, you I go. have a question. So uh, can you hear me, Arlen? Yes. Uh, so speaking of like compete, like, so okay, they can't compete with WWE. Ring of Honor is currently the second largest promotion in the United States, right? After the WWE, they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, which is like a major, uh, you know, uh, uh, broadcasting network. Uh, and they're trying to get. They announced in twenty in twenty eighteen in November that uh, ROH is trying to get a major cable deal like uh, WWE so that it can compete with WWE. Um, Do you think that uh, given Ring of Honor's head start, given the fact that they already have a TV deal through Sinclair, uh, do you think that uh, All Elite with uh, the billionaire funder or the billionaire president can even compete to be number two? Um. I do, with the caveat that that being number two in the U.S. means that you are so far down the food chain, uh, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like there, right. there, there's WWE and they're one through ninety nine, and then number two is at, at like a hundred. Right. I, if right. you looked at it on a revenue basis, it wouldn't even be close. And the reality is, WWE is operating on an international scale. Mm. They have revenue from television. They have revenue now from the WWE network that's really impactful. They sell a ton of merchandise. They have live events that are touring the biggest arenas in the world, sometimes selling out 100,000 seats. And so it is impossible at this point to effectively compete with WWE. And I think the reality is if WCW couldn't do it, which had Ted Turner, who is more than, you know, he, he not only was a billionaire backer, but he owned some of the most important TV networks right. you know, in, in, in the world. So if they can't do it, then, then it's not possible to compete with WWE. Now, on the other hand, is there an appetite in the United States and internationally for other types of wrestling content? No question. And I think specifically because they have the Young Bucks, who again are you know, uh, a particularly special. Um, it's like Oprah starting her own network, right? She will... She will never be where she was when she had that show on, you know, broadcast television because she was accessible to the whole world. And she's frankly lost some degree of societal relevance when she started the Oprah network. With that said, she probably made, you know, more money and gets more artistic freedom and gets to do what she wants. And she's still a famous person and it's all good. So great for her. And I think that's probably a better, you know. That's the right outcome for these guys. I do not think there's any world where they really challenge as a major, major wrestling promotion. I do think, Newman, to answer your question, yeah, they can be number two with the caveat that that's pretty much as good as being a hundredth on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reality is will be really hard without someone paying them. You know, The reality is at the end of the day, like getting paid to do what you do helps a lot. 
there are outliers. I sent Dan a thing today about the Joe Rogan podcast. I mean, that guy is making a lot of money from the Joe Rogan podcast, and that is solely him. He broke through. No one gave him a platform. That was all on him, and it's incredible what he accomplished, but that is not the norm, right? That is an outlier, and anything is possible, but I think the reality is that what we have here is probably a cool wrestling promotion that will put on an event every once in a while that is compelling, but maybe not something that, you know, is relevant to us the way WWE is. In other words, we watch that week in and week out and it really matters in our lives. And I think this could just pop up when it pops up. Right. But just to play, like, I'm not even saying this is going to be devil's advocate, but like, are we under, I feel like everyone is pretty quickly under understating the value of like, these are the coolest wrestlers on the planet. Mm. Like, uh, they have the coolest thing going, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, and now they have money behind it. So they really are like a real NWO. You know what I mean? Like, not like not a fake, like, hey, we're actually under WCMW. Like, we're kayfabe, a new world order of the same company. Yeah. But they really are like yeah. this pirate ship of cash now of, like, the, the guys who put indie wrestling like on the map now and uh are we underestimating these guys at all i think before arlen before and, you- and that's assuming kenny comes with them by the way right kenny coming with them to me is a big deal and i and i don't know anything about this at all but it's a weird, i i feel like part of me feels like kenny's going to WWE. like yeah. i feel like he's gonna want to scratch that itch you know yeah um no go ahead arlen did you hear me uh, yeah, I thought Newman wanted yeah, to chime no, in. Good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, I, I, I think, I, 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 again, I think it's possible we are underestimating them, right? Because you never say never. Like, there's all kinds of businesses out there and all kinds of things that happen that catch you off guard. But I, I come back to a point that you know, we were having a conversation on the 9 to 5 about All In or, or prior to it. Um all in was like, they literally went all in, right? They, they got everyone they could. They did the biggest event possible and it sold 10,000 seats. And I know one lens on that is like, wow, no indie promotion has done that, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, like it was a missable event. And, and I don't mean that, um, insultingly. Like I literally missed it and I asked you, do I need to watch this? And you were like, probably not, you know? And I think if on their first event, they oh, can't put I, I, I said it was super important, and you should watch it. But in terms of missable, like it doesn't like WWE has story continuity. You know what I mean? Which is so, because WWE has writers, right? And WWE has a weekly television show, it, it, and WWE has a bunch of. Costuming. It was more like a symbol. It was a a lot of exhibition matches. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, I think you're getting at something, which is WWE transcends wrestling. It is a soap opera that we love. It will be very, very hard for any indie promotion to be able to tell a story on that level because of the infrastructural challenges around it, because they don't have set design. They don't have a consistent television output. They don't have, um, you know, the, the roster of talent that they can move in and out of storyline. It's just a totally different situation. So it right. becomes a lot more about the wrestling. And I think, look, I love wrestling, but... You know, you see the Young Bucks a couple times do their thing. That's cool. Without a deeper story around it, some stakes for me to get invested in, 
I think it becomes really challenging for it to be something that competes where, on that entertainment level. I, I think that I, I think I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's where there is a lot of creative space for these guys because now they have resources to have writers and you they could tell stories through. They already have being the elite series through YouTube. They could tell their stories through social media and maybe follow them through now that they have talent signed and it's not just show to show, indie show to indie show, indie show. Now it's an actual federation, if you will. Uh, and and so now they can actually be like, let's put, let's have programs. Let's put Cody in a program with, like, you know, and then they might be able to tell compelling stories where you're like, yo, you got to see what they're doing over there. You know what I mean? There, I, there's, I, no, there, there's no question they can do that and right. they have more freedom. But I still think that they lack some of the infrastructure. Look, the reality is, it's never been easier to tell stories directly to fans, right? There's YouTube, there, there's everything, there's podcasting. Like there has never been a moment where you can get more direct fan access. But the byproduct of that is creating content has never been more democratized. So it's never been harder to get an audience because there's so much competing for attention. Right. Now, granted, these guys are extremely special and I do think they can compete with Ring of Honor and compete with things like that and immediately be the number two most compelling promotion. But that still doesn't mean that they will register on the degree of popular consciousness or get anywhere close to WWE or be able to, to, to create entertainment at that level. Here's where I think the big impact of All Elite is going to be. Uh, it's going to be behind the scenes. I know that Cody is very, uh, like, the rights of the workers uh, oriented. He's right. tweeted a lot about them unionizing and, and, and things like that. And I think that uh, whatever happens popularity-wise... Uh, in terms of like outside eyes watching all elite, I think that if they can build a promotion that treats their workers fairly, pay, gives them health insurance, and uh, they can maybe push reforms behind the scenes in the entire wrestling industry, right? And I think that's almost as important as uh, you know how many TVs are we on every night. So, so I think I think that's an incredible point because the uh, back to so I started by saying we have to expect something different out of all elite than they're going to compete with WWE or do anything like that. Right. I think the reality when you see an upstart like this, try to, you know, a David versus Goliath is what happens a lot is that they have a big impact, but maybe not in the way you expected. In other words, I don't, in my head, I cannot envision that millions of people are watching all elite wrestling on a weekly or monthly basis, the way they are WWE. With that said, I can totally envision that this group of extremely talented wrestlers getting together, starting their own promotion outside of WWE, will push the WWE in different directions to behave differently. I think it will potentially well, we like lead Final to Deletion, giving- right? Like Final Deletion nope. directly, they started doing Final Deletions and re-signed 40-year-old wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? No, no question. I think it will push WWE to give wrestlers more freedoms. One of the biggest critiques that I think most of us have is that WWE feels too scripted today. The talent doesn't have enough freedom. They, they can't speak freely on the microphone. And I think when you see wrestlers reacting to it in, in such an extreme way that they're basically starting their own promotion right. because they don't feel like they can be themselves or are, have the artistic freedom they desire within WWE, I think that will cause the powers that be, whether it's Vince McMahon, Triple H, or others, to reflect on how you attract the greatest talent in the world. I mean, WWE is in the business of, of, you know, having the greatest talent in the world on their roster. And we start to see talent choosing an alternative path. And by the way, that was one of Cody's talking points. It was like, 
never has there been a moment where, you know, talent can choose their own path like this. I think it will cause WWE to behave differently. Does that mean all elite will actually someday become a competitor well, of WWE? They, they, they've I already do not been signing so. people like crazy. They're they're already you know what I mean? Like uh and and again, it's not the kind of stuff that we Look, on this podcast, we don't normally like focus on, oh, this person's signing with this. I'm, I'm always like, hey, listen to another podcast if you want to hear that. But this yeah. is a moment that deserves a uh, major attention because this might dictate – this might we, – we, we truthfully, no one really knows what will happen here. How it, Like you said, Arlen, I think is really astute, is like everyone's brain immediately goes to Monday Night Wars. We immediately go to like Ted Turner, which, by the way, also at that time, part of their success was the fact that like they could – they could hire guys like Hogan and stuff, and that would be a draw. Like, they don't have those older guys to hire anymore. And part of what makes it cool is that it's people who are purposely evading w- Like, that's part of the uh, uh, lore there. And work rate is super high. So hiring guys who can't work is not necessarily going to—you know, there's a lot A lot of those tricks are done. Mm. So, uh, 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 but what, what they can do is creatively change the wrestling business— uh, in a way where maybe, maybe if a lot of talent get if they can pull talent, something could happen. I just always think about when Kurt Angle left WWE and signed with TNA. I, it blew my mind, and I was like, "Wow!" I, like my brain was like, "TNA is gonna be big forever." I mean, they got Kurt Angle. <laughs> like it blew my mind, and it it actually truly just more it buried Kurt Angle more than anything, you know. And that like showed me the right. power of WWE. Right. Well, and, and I think it's a great point. I mean, I, to me, that's the classic overreaction of like uh, anything's possible. And the reality is like WWE is a an international machine. They are a powerhouse. Um, to, to even be relevant is so difficult in their shadow. And so I think because in large part because the Young Bucks are so special, all elite will totally be relevant, mostly – I think among more hardcore wrestling fans, right. like it will be very, very hard for it to cross over into, you know, uh, the, the kids world or mainstream type of stuff. Um, I think that's okay. It's just my expectation is that the biggest opportunity for this is for them to really affect the wrestling business in ways that are really positive for years, if not decades to come. Right. And I it's, think it's, it's about how, how they're, how their impact on wrestling culture ripples into WWE. That's the main thing. How they shock the system. Absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah. All right, last thing, Arlen. This is your opinion. This is less businessy, and this is a question for everybody. Uh, is, like, do you think, forget about money. Well, you could factor in money a little bit. Do you think Cody and Bucks... They really got like how many more years to wrestle? Five? Oh, I'm ten. M- more, more, but like yeah. Bucks specifically to do what they're doing before it becomes more of a. I mean, nostalgia act is is harsh, but like the, they're doing extremely acrobatic shit. You can't be forty year old men called the Young Bucks. Right, right, right. Well, they will be. I know. Uh, and Shawn Michaels is sixty and says, "I think I'm cute. I think I'm sexy." Uh, but. Uh, should they just go to WWE? Is this worth their time? I I, I would say that I think I'd be a, like almost a hypocrite if I said they shouldn't do it because I think it's like your legacy 
of like, hey, well, we could do, they could go win the tag titles at WrestleMania, right? At a, an event that's already established, and that could be the pinnacle. Or they're go- kind of going for broke and being like, here's how we, uh, here's like a home we create or a business we make where people can be art- artistically explored the way that we did outside of uh, this publicly traded company. And I think to them, if they feel that, and also, you know, whatever their family lives or whatever, but I'm just talking about glory. I'm coming just just from glory. Uh, in terms of glory, I see that kind of glory being extremely satisfying to them. They made their bread and butter by being like, we're, 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 uh, we're not we're not your classic case, and that's what you respected about us. So going in there, it feels uh, uh, strange for them. But I do think Cody wrestles again in WWE, definitely. Even if it's just like for one match, they bring him in for story, you know? Because they're never going to see him as a true competitor. They're always going to see him as Dusty Rhodes' son, and that is good for biz, you know? Yeah, look, I think the answer to your question is a really personal one because there's there's always trade-offs, you know? Um, and, and I think we see it in all walks of life, whether it's sports or business or otherwise. Like, it's hard to get the benefits of being in WWE without being in WWE. We just did a 9-to-5 podcast. We talked about how hard it is to rank people as on their greatness without them ever being in WWE because, in a way, that is the big show. You know, that is the dance. Um, and uh, for them to never the be Paul White, the big show. No, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. no one's ever done <laughs> But I think there are a lot of advantages, whether they be, you know, uh, artistic freedoms or personal freedoms, right? Like you don't have to necessarily, like they're going to book this thing themselves. If they don't want to be in a different city every week or two cities a week or three cities a week, they don't have to. They get to spend more time with their family maybe, right? And so there's all these different uh, trade-offs. I think with that said, when you start your own business, it's a lot harder than getting a paycheck, right? Uh, and, and again, I'm someone who enjoys building businesses, who does entrepreneurial things. So I completely understand taking that path less taken and taking the risk. But it's hard to say, like, for someone else, is it better? Might this be the right path for Randy Orton? I mean, I have no idea, but I think probably not, you know? Right. Um, so it's probably about them, their family, where they are, who they are. But the reality is, I, and I do think you made a good point, Dan, when you're in the business they're in, which is putting on really good wrestling shows that don't necessarily have a lot of storyline, you can't really be injured or not wrestle, right? Like Stone Cold was able to be present in WWE for quite a while without wrestling. Right, I Becky think it would was be the very hard for anyone. With a concussion. Correct. So, I, and I think it would be very hard for these guys to pull something like that off. Like, you know, they're they're the they're the show, right? And if they're not performing, I, I think specifically wrestling in the ring, I think it's tough. So, it's possible that they do this for a certain amount of time. They fulfill what they want to fulfill, right. and then maybe someday they do make it to WWE, and it's different. I mean, look at an AJ Styles or any of these guys that you know, sort of came later uh, and were able to get, you know, a lot of the advantages without having been there their whole career. AJ was near his family when he was in um, TNA, right? And he got to be at home a lot of the time. So, you know, it's personal. Right. Uh, Newman, where are you at on that? You think they're making the right choice? Yeah, I mean, I think that if if they're able to uh, push those 
uh, change or if they're able to run their business in a way that causes WWE to run theirs a little bit more ethically in terms of the way they treat their talent, then yeah, I think it's all worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see where this goes. Arlen, thanks, man. Did you uh, listen back to the nine to five episode? Arlen uh, makes some great, great uh, business points about uh, about uh, WWE. Uh, specifically, the one thing you brought up in the eight-hour episode available to, to all patrons right now, patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling. Uh, you made the point that you're worried about them being bought by, like, Disney. Like, you're worried about yeah. the fact that even though they're publicly traded, they they operate as, a, like, uh, a uh, mo- mom and pop in some ways. And uh, w- once we lose that, you worry about where wrestling goes. No question. I mean, I think that's the best part about WWE is that there is one guy or, you know, maybe more more generally a family that controls this business. Right. Yes, they're a public company, but it is still family run. And I do worry that they will get bought because there's only there's only so many there are only so many things like this in the world. And most of them have been bought, whether it was, you know, um, Star Wars and Lucasfilm from George Lucas or. Um, Marvel or anything like that, and it does change it, right? Um, yeah. But we, that's why we should be really appreciative of what we have for the time being. And as it relates to the nine to five episode, you know, I, I, I it was incredibly fun, and I really hope that everyone listens to it because it's it, 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 first of all, it was a great conceit to just talk through all of these wrestlers and yeah. rank them, and and then there's endless material. I can imagine us talking for. 80 more hours about that list and where people belong. And I'm excited to hear where the, you know, the, the jabroniacs weigh in on. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was great. I was listening back to you. It was awesome. And, uh, even Shebs, even that, even that guy was good in there. Yeah. He's trouble. Yeah. Did you have a good new year's? I did. I did. Uh, I was, uh, in San Francisco and actually I saw, uh, one Adam Letterman, uh, it was not my favorite sighting. He had the belt with him, as you know. He had um, the belt on New Year's. He had the belt on New Year's. The title, you know, by the way, he calls it a belt. We call it a title here. My fault. The strap. The title. Um, I, you know, I'm not uh, on speaking terms with him at this point. Um, yeah, man. You know, in large hard. part because I feel you know his his actions are reprehensible and um you know i just i can't i I can't stand by without without uh you know supporting you and basically taking a stand for what i think is right so you know uh i saw him but you know that was the extent of it i couldn't believe he he had the uh the title right yeah i mean uh well i i I said that i appreciate that you were you know i get it man obviously he was my friend also you know i know you guys were closer but he you know, whatever. He's taking up too much time on the show today. So, I mean, we don't, we don't need to talk about uh, Letterman, especially with uh, with uh, yeah. all this. Yeah, but. no, I, I completely agree. And, and Newman, I, I apologize. I mean, obviously, you know, I brought uh, Adam Letterman into our, our lives, and and I, I apologize for that. Uh, you know, I, I think I've made a lot of jokes on this podcast about uh, Shebs being friends with Adam Letterman as well. And, um you know, I, I I hope that he does the right thing and, and, and discontinues talking to him, which as far as I'm aware he hasn't yet. So, you know, but but that'll be on him. Oh, Shebs and him are still talking? As 
far as I, I know, I, I think that's a yes. And, um, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe you can talk to Shebs about it. Uh, you know, I don't know, but I think, you know, obviously I mean, I, I've taken a stand. I assumed he wouldn't be. All right, whatever. Dude, we got to get on the show. So, uh, Arlen, thanks, man, for the great uh, input here. We'll see where all this goes. Uh, Absolutely. uh, Exciting times in the wrestling world. Absolutely. Especially in the business of wrestling. All right, cheers up. Cheers up. All right, good to get some business talk out of the way. Uh, I, uh, Didn't you leave the business world? I left the business world. <laughs> you guys know I left the business world to uh, be a professional podcaster, uh, which we haven't hit yet. I'm a professional podcaster. Once I had 2,000 patrons, and I will burn my CPA license right here in studio uh, and uh, set the alarms off. No, no, no. All right, but uh, no, please no more business talk, but I have something even uh, way worse than All business right. talk here is... Uh, Rest in peace, uh, yeah. Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah. Uh, I should have said this earlier in the episode, but it was Newman's first step back, and we're getting back to the swing here. He deserves uh, t- top his top billing here. Uh, but uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, look, I always say this anytime these guys pass away. I, I'm not great at this. <laughs> like I'm not great at uh, giving uh, uh, paying tributes to to guys but when but mean gene oakland was interesting when i saw the news that he passed away immediately you reflect on someone's life and their role in this business and as a podcast where we talk about comedy and sketch and improv philosophy and writing and we get where people who like really dissect wrestling to an unhealthy degree you think about how key a guy like mean gene oakland is in selling a wrestler, like mm-hmm. right in like straight manning, and, and and being there just to like react, right, right. It's it's straight manning, like is what it is. But he also was such a colorful character in that, like he became part of it. He transcended just uh, you know the yeah. the, the mic holder, yeah. you know. Uh, but in a way that no one really else has. Yeah, I mean Cole didn't really like you know my, no no offense to Mike Cole, I actually. I'm a defender of some of I like his a lot of his announcing. But when he was there with The Rock, it was more like The Rock picking on him. Mean Gene became like a life of himself and what a voice. Mm-hmm. Like his voice was so iconic. Yeah. You know? And his look also it was like he had that like you know, like that like that like dad of that generation look of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like, oh, it's it's like uh you know this guy, and he's next to a superhero. <laughs> right. This guy's your next door neighbor, yeah. and 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 he sounded like, hey, well, he was like your school teacher. Yeah. He was like the principal of your high school, but he happens to interview intergalactic beings, <laughs> and he was so good at making wrestlers look amazing, which is one thing that's it's hard to quantify. If you don't write, you don't perform. It's hard to like understand how important that role is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, what you said was perfect about him being like the perfect voice of reason or straight man against these guys. Like, uh, I always think of him interviewing, uh, Macho Man, right. And it's like Macho Man is this character where, uh, improvising with him would be very hard. Uh, because he, like I said, this on the nine to five episode, he denies everything. And you said that he's scatterbrained, right? So like mean gene is smart enough to know all he has to do is ask questions of Macho Man, and no matter what Macho Man says, it's going to be great. So when he's like, you know, uh, he's like, I got uh, Elizabeth icing up the champagne, and he's like, oh, what kind of champagne is that? It right. doesn't matter, right? But he's like, <laughs> he, he he just knows. Yeah. He was, yeah, a legend. Uh, but yeah, he, he, I mean, he was, it's amazing to think how iconic of a character Mean Gene was. Yeah. 
considering what his role is, <laughs> which is a role that, and this is a lesson for anyone, which is, and, and, and I'm not pretending to know the ins and outs of it. Maybe all along they were like, the interviewer will be a bigger part of it. But I, I liked, I imagine that role was more like, this guy has a cool sounding voice. Let's have him interview. He's a, he's very professional. Right. But he brought so much more pizzazz to it where you can, uh, I always say like, uh, we don't really, uh, something like, we don't really need like two dimensional straight men right. in, in like, in anything. It's like, there's no, re there's no reason for you to be boring. You just can't be distracting. Right. And he's like, I think a great example of that to the point where, you you remember Hogan trying to make him eat drink raw eggs, and he's got the Hulkamania shirt on it, and there's a charisma to him where he's almost the star of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Even though Hogan is there, so uh, a real talk about impact on professional wrestling. One of the in my mind, one of the most important pivotal characters in what I love about professional wrestling, which is that it is theater. Yeah, you know, and he is what makes it. Uh, great to me. He's not some boring uh, analyst or like some sports jabroni. Right. Right. Everyone is part of the show. Well, I mean, not including to like, the crowd. Not to knock the people that they have now, but it's like not all of them combined are not even a fraction. That's what went through my head immediately. Yeah. What went through my head immediately was. Like, not even the best of them, like Renee, who got like promoted up into like the booth. Like right. Not even Renee, God bless her, is a fraction. No. Of what he was. The closest thing I could think to what Mean Gene was capable of is <laughs> Corey, uh, uh, what, what Mean Gene, like, yeah, was capable of. It's just funny. Like, yeah, what, what Mean Gene was capable, capable of. Yeah, it's got Rocky World. But, uh, <laughs> but Mean Gene, what he uh, was, Enzo being interviewed by Corey Graves. Sure. Like two years ago, right? They did like a, and then Corey Graves was, uh, it was hard, it's hard to compare because that thing was super shoot. Right. Like we know now Enzo is just a piece of trash and was like, you know, but you're like, man, well, I, there's so much more meat on the bone for that role. Mm -hmm. And I think Renee already, you see her on the, uh, not uh, Renee, I think already in the announce booth is already getting more comfortable, more fluid. She's getting her, her hits in there more. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't understand. Like to me, the, all the roles, not as wrestlers. All the auxiliary positions of ref, including referee, mm -hmm. are like a lot of wasted space right now, <laughs> and got, they need more mean jeans. Yeah, guys who make you feel like I'm that. This is wrestling. Yeah, Corey's close. He's still a little generic for me. The guys I like, Mean Gene Okerlund, I like a prime top primo, the King and Jr. Like yeah. that announce booth. Two guys in character. You know what I mean? Hey, you know who could probably do it? Uh, uh, Morrow. Morrow is my favorite. Yeah. Is my favorite. But I know some people are not into it. It's a different you, you position, gotta find though. It. Right. You know, like, like the commentator is different than the interviewer. Right. But it's, I bet, it's not what means you But did. I bet right, Morrow, right. if you made him, oh, you're going to be interviewer now. You're not on the, the, the table. I bet you he could come Absolutely. close. Absolutely. But the main point is that this guy, his contributions to wrestling have rippled through. And to be honest, we need more. Yeah. We need more of what me and Gene brought to the table. So truly his legacy will never die uh, uh, in, in my mind about his impact on wrestling. It's kind of annoying that, that, that WWE doesn't, that they're not like tapping into that model again. And hopefully yeah. they, they do. Because uh, like Charlie is like very boring. Yeah. 
You know, she's like, uh, you know. Uh, well, because uh, they're all like that. It's just like, oh, what do you, you, you know, he hit you in the face. What do you think about that? And then they say their thing and then they walk away and she just stares yeah. off to the side. Because now I'm like picturing, I'm thinking about being Jean and I'm just imagining when he'd be like, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. you don't even hear that. Yeah. You don't even hear it be like, oh, hey, whoa. Like, no, there's no pushback at all. At like, all. No, right? It's just like. Um, like looks, they just like stare into the distance. Yeah. Charlie Caruso is like, and I met her. She's really nice, but like, she's a little like, just like, so what are you gonna do? And then moves right on to the next question. Right. You know, like someone can be slammed in front of her, and she just kind of looks at it like, that's weird, but not like having fun with it. Right. But still selling it. So anyway, me and Gene, um, this happened like two hours ago, three, a couple hours ago I read this, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of great articles about me and Gene, his contributions, if you're young and don't know uh, who he is, or you saw him and you didn't know the prime time of him, uh, but all you gotta do is Google any great promo, and he's the guy holding the mic, yeah. you know what I mean, uh, from like some, some of the greats. Uh, cool. Alright, let's let's have more fun. God yeah, damn please. it. Let's have more fun. Newman got Let's just recap this episode. We've been here for two and a half hours. Newman got out of the hospital today. Uh, we start talking about Arlen gave us the business report. You know, yeah, the guy who uh, practically showed me a fucking pivot table. Uh, uh, we got a couple bar graphs in here. Uh but uh, 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 and now we're talking about Mean Gene dying. But that's just uh, how it goes. But let's get into let's uh, let's uh, let's get let's play let's play a uh, cash in to get into it. We're now in Rumble season. Okay, yeah. I saw a couple people saying we're on to the road to WrestleMania already. Oh, let's hit the bell. I needed a bell. Like I needed a, <laughs> I needed a bell wash. Um, uh, uh, um, I had to uh, shock the system. But I I think that um, I. We're not on the road to WrestleMania, guys. We are. Uh, we have taken uh, some baby steps towards the road to WrestleMania, but are we approaching? We're, we're approaching the, the on ramp. ramp. The on ramp. Yeah. To, right. That's what we said. Yeah. Uh, right. 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 Um, the on ramp to WrestleMania, and everyone knows Cowmania. The road to Cowmania begins. The Friday before the Royal Rumble, right. when my stand-up special comes out, a couple, dull wrestling fan. A couple exits before. Absolutely, the yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like you know when you're driving to south. It's like south of the. You're trying to drive to Disney World, right? But then it's like south of the border when you're driving down. It's like, hey, stop here. This place is coming up. It's on the way. You're headed. You're That's head, me. <laughs> you're headed to Center City, Philly, and uh, you know you're getting off on the Ben Franklin uh, Expressway instead of waiting till exit 22. Get off on Columbus. Head towards uh, uh, Center City. Towards the Hagee shop. Towards the Hagee shop. But here's what I like: what's going on in wrestling right now, and the, on the product, if you, if you, if you will, <laughs> as we move out of lull times, Daddy. <laughs> I mean, what do we call this? Not lull times. This is like uh, lukewarm times, yeah. Daddy. <laughs> Luke, as we move into lukewarm times, Daddy, you see that the McMahon's are coming in and they're making choices that are, I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, like, uh, like, all right, so Triple H is showing up, Vince is showing up, and w what they seem to be doing right now, this is from like three weeks ago, from when they just like tossed everything and they showed up, They their goal right now, we don't know if they're good, we don't know if they're bad, they seem to be, ang to, in my head, they're taking steps towards going heel again, Like, yeah. but they are trying to get the worst out of people. Yeah. Right? Like they like that promo with Rollins this week was just like I want basically Triple H was asking for like the architect, right? Like yeah. I mean he was like I just I want to see I want to see like the fire in you. 
Because Rollins directly said to him, to Triple H, like, do you want me to be, like, you, you want me to be like that guy again? You want that? And he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then Vince smacked AJ in the face <laughs> and was like, give me, give me the real you, give me, give me, what's it called? The real, yeah, the real, the real, AJ, Styles. The real AJ Styles. And, uh, 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 and he smacked him and then, like, AJ's kind of, like, flipped and we don't know if he's good or bad or who's babyface or so we're taking these, like, Step towards it. Well, and, I think and, maybe, and, I can, maybe I can and, clarify things for you. Oh my God, AJ! This is the real AJ Styles. No, not AJ Styles. This is the real, real AJ Styles. Oh, wow. Um, this is um, I didn't expect it. It's not AJ Styles. It's not the real AJ Styles. It's the real, real AJ Styles. Oh, okay. So wait, wait, wait. the real, real. So. There was a real AJ Styles? What's the real AJ? What version of you was the real AJ Styles? This is the real, real AJ Styles. Uh, the okay. real, real one. Okay. All the right, phenomenal well, one. The real, real one. All right. The phenomenal one? The phenomenal one. Okay. So, okay. So, all right. What makes this version of the, the real, real AJ Styles different than AJ Styles I might have known in the past? The real, real AJ Styles is the natural born me, the one who has all my beliefs. Um, this is, I'm AJ zero. Right. Cause re- real AJ styles from on, on SmackDown for what I saw you do, mm-hmm. or maybe a different version of it. I don't know how consciousness works here, but, uh, 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 for you, but, uh, was that the real AJ styles is a guy who will hit Vince McMahon and be unapologetic about that. Right. The real AJ styles is a bulldog, man. He's a Georgia bulldog and he's going to come at you. He's going to grab you by the juggler. He's going to hold you to the ground. The real, real AJ styles is interested in spreading the truth about the shape of the earth. Oh, the no. real, real oh, AJ no. Styles. Oh, no. And I shall clarify, not that I, it's not that I believe these things, Dan Black. It's that I think there's a lot of interesting questions out there. And I don't think that you can handle the answers. You know, you always do that when you go into this. Okay, so I, it sounds like the real, real AJ Styles is kind of a, a flat earther, is what I'm saying. Hey, hey, man, look, 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 I'm not saying... I'm not saying that the earth is flat. I'm just saying maybe you don't know for sure the earth's not flat. Okay. So you always do this. You kind of like safely couch your your actual belief just, in the fact that I know what you believe. I, you're a flat earther, okay? Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, what other stuff does the real, real AJ Styles believe in? Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of questions out well, there I mean, about flew, whether or not- you, you flew to Australia. Can I, sorry. I you, uh-huh. you flew to Australia, right? Right. What were you concerned the whole time you might fly- over the edge of the world? No, I took a nap. I took a nap because it's a very long flight, right? So I didn't. I didn't notice if you know I could see the edge of the world or if I could see the, the you know the large turtle that it sits upon. You know, I, I I just know. So you believe that the world is sitting on a large turtle? I'm just saying that I've never look. I'm only. Just, uh, I'm the only the size of a man, Dan Black. I'm not the size of like a giant being. I can't look at the Earth from far away. But why did you bring up the Earth being on a turtle? So you believe that, right? So the real, real AJ Styles is a flat earther who believes the world is on a turtle. What I believe (laughs) is that there are questions about whether or not the Earth is flat and whether or not that disc sits on top of four pyramids that sit on the back of a turtle. That was insanely specific. There are questions (laughs) out there that I'm interested in. Like, we should be asking questions, right? In pursuit of the truth, we have to parse out the bullshit. And and I think that maybe you're just afraid of asking these questions because you're you can't handle the answers. Do you believe that the Earth is flat, sitting atop a turtle that is held up by pyramids? I think it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I think it's possible. 
Okay. It's pasta bowl? I think <laughs> it's pasta bowl. Pasta bowl. <laughs> you think it's pasta bowl? I think it's pasta bowl. I think it's fusilli pasta bowl. I, okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, so uh, uh, what else constitutes the real, real AJ Styles? I want to understand you. I got you here. Uh-huh. I got you here first. Anything else I got to know about you? I'm a family man. Okay, I know that. First and foremost. Okay, similar to the real AJ Styles and AJ Styles. Right, exactly. Right. That is a through line, right? Right. Uh, you know, you draw on yourself to make your character, right? Right, right. Uh, but. The real, real AJ Styles. The reason that I have this nuclear family set up yeah. is because I have questions about the government's uh, role in uh, influ- uh, breaking up the nuclear family in order to uh, disrupt Western civilization. Not that I believe it. Okay, wait, that was... And so that they can install an, a, a, a totalitarian regime uh, on the broken uh, system of of the nuclear family, right? Now, I, I'm not saying I believe that. It's cra- I'm just saying that uh, there are questions out there. My my son AJ3, he showed me some videos on YouTube, and look, I got I don't like the answers I'm finding either, but I'm not afraid of them like you are. So I'm going to go towards them and I'm going to find the truth. Okay, so you you believe that I don't even I didn't follow that at all. You're saying that you think that the government is trying to break up your nuclear family. To, I don't know what this is, but do you, all I'm asking, do you believe the thing you just said to me? I think it's possible. <laughs> possible. You think it's possible? I think it's possible, man. Look, this is we live in a magical world where uh, all all manner of things are 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 possible under under God, right? Uh, and I think that uh, God, by the way, God, by the way, God? of course, I believe in God. Now, the what God? A Christian God? Uh, yeah, the one God, the one true God. Okay, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. The real phenomenal one. Right. Okay. All right. But, and you believe in him there's he's your no, Lord and Savior. Yeah, there's cool, no good. Th- so that's, that's good. there's no possibility that he's not real. That's I refuse to to see any uh evidence uh on the contrary because it's not that's a question that's been answered. Okay. So all right, at least here this is a firm belief. You believe in that, right? So the real real AJ Styles believes that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior right. and that has been determined. Yes or no? Yes, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. He's also the fella that put all the dinosaur bones uh under the dirt uh 5000 years ago, maybe. No, okay. No, okay. It's it, 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 it's possible. <laughs> okay. All right. AJ, you got to go. All right. I you understand. Gotta go. I got to okay. go. Okay. All right. Well, maybe you'll come back. Maybe it'll be possible to have you in here again. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We'll see what happens, but I can't make any guarantees. What do you call if you went to like Olive Garden and you got mm-hmm. like a uh, 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 a thing of of uh, Italian uh, mm-hmm. boiled bread noodles? Uh a, a, pos- a pasta bowl. Okay. A, pos- a pasta bowl. Pasta bowl. Oh, okay. A pasta bowl. And then what do you call it when there's endless? Pasta bowl. Pasta <laughs> Okay. You got to go. Right. You got to go. You got to get out of here. Wow. Um, you heard here second. Um, a, a, the real AJ Styles man. here. Oh, man. I can't get this episode off. I'm trying to start 2019. You haven't even said the word raw it's yet. It's unbelievable. You got a, a Newman, you got attacked. AJ, the real AJ Styles stopped by. I had to address my ex-sponsor who is, is, is assaulting us. Mm-hmm. We got a, 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 a business. People are opening up businesses, even though we got WWE. And then AJ Styles come in here won't answer my question and I'm just trying to talk about Raw and Smackdown ugh anyway we are we look I'm saying that we're not a, a, I think 
I think what's cool is I like the McMahons are like try, going around like. I think they're like trolling everyone. Like are they're trying to get everybody fired up. If they think they're coming around just to like mix things up, I'm just seeing them like they're like pressing people's pressure points. So take this for uh, with a grain of salt if you want. Uh, I recently got WWE 2K19 mm-hmm. video game, uh, and there's a couple of things that are interesting to me. I finished the the the, the uh, story mode. Yeah. There's a couple things that are interesting to me as they pertain to the way the WWE looks now. Okay, right. this game came out October 9th. Okay, uh, in this game, uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor team up to help your character. Uh, throughout the game, they're talking about how, oh, Triple H, you're saying that you're giving the fans what they want now, right? Which is a direct line as to right. what's happening now. Um, I think it's possible, possible that. Yeah. Uh, oh, you heard that? I heard it. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, they're turning AJ into Bullet Club AJ. I think that they're going to do a Balor Club. I think they're going to join him with Finn Balor at some point in a shakeup. I think they're moving things towards. In the game, by the way, Braun Strowman is the Universal Champion. Uh, but this is before Roman announced his. It was finished, you know, right. before Roman announced his thing. Um, there's just some things in the game that make me think that what's happening now is they're trying to, uh, yeah, they're, 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 we're, we're going to see maybe not full Bullet Club, but something big is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I think, I, think I think that that's a good call. Yeah. It seems like they are trying to like get AJ fired up. I think it's a smart move. We already had good guy AJ for a while. He doesn't have the title. Make him interesting. Get him angry. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even have to be healed, but we could put an edge on him. Right. We don't need, maybe just like pull away from family and, man AJ style. And a Christian. We could put a Christian on him. Too. Absolutely. Oh, we could put an edge and a, put an edge and a Christian on, on, on him and maybe <laughs> we can give him a bloodbath as well. But uh, um, yeah, so I think it's like, I think it's kind of crazy. I was thinking like on New Year's, it's like, it's, it's nuts that like, like, these were gr- Raw and SmackDown were great shows for shows that don't matter yeah. at all. Yeah, like those shows are like those were one was on uh, New Year's Eve and one was on New Year's Day, right? <laughs> or like I don't know how they did. did I, I forget the exact days, right? Well, New Year's Day was Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So it was one was on New Year's Eve, right? No one was watching them, right? Right. They were watching them like in hindsight. I didn't watch them live at all. I was celebrating New Year's. I watched them today. To, uh, I watched last night while we were trying to get the fucking nine to five episode to render. Um, I was watching uh, 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 Raw and SmackDown, but like, it's 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 so. When you're giving WWE, when you're giving wrestling shit later on, keep in mind these guys do shows on New Year's Eve. Now they were taped. We all knew they were taped. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. Yeah. It's like a, what shows are putting out new content like that? Uh, uh, you know, uh, none uh, that have story, like scripted story. But these were great shows. Like we had a fucking awesome cage match. We had uh, John Cena was there. There was a lot of awesome stuff that happened in these shows. Uh, and especially they were essentially holdover shows, and they were fun. So I like them taking like baby steps towards like they're almost to be honest they're like they're working us a little bit they're like being like the, every wrestler is calling out Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. on the road to Wrestlemania or or Daniel Bryan they're yeah. all calling out the champion so it's like oh now you start going oh maybe they're going Lesnar uh, Rollins and Mania you start being like oh what are they going to do with Drew uh, you know uh, you're yeah, like yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what's the plan here 
So I think I think in in terms of that, I thought it was fun ep- uh, uh, episodes. But I don't I don't have a clear picture in my head of where they're going. At, like in any in any real way, I, I don't. You know, uh, I think it could all change, and it probably will all change, even what they have said. So these were like fun episodes of, of, uh, <laughs> like of Raw and SmackDown. I thought the let's get into it. Let's just jump into stuff that's a uh, pretty uh, interesting, and then we'll talk about the Royal Rumble a little bit. But let's talk about well, in terms of where they're headed, we're gonna have a Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match at Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. which I think. Daniel Bryan will retain, but I think that's probably where they'll put the AJ Styles. Whatever the storyline for AJ Styles going into Mania will break during that match, yeah. which might mean a Finn something or uh, who knows. I, I mean, I think if they if they're giving the fans what they want, right? The if you if you want to fucking blow the doors off the place, team, let's get uh, the the club out of the Jabron zone and have AJ and Finn join them and just fucking. Wreck house. Everybody yeah. wants it. Right. Do Especially it. The, uh, with All Elite coming out. It's yeah. like, they're like, oh, we're going to do this. And then you're like, well, look, we have a lot of your guys and they're doing that thing already. You know, exactly. I think it's kind of a, 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 an interesting thing. Um, le- but we also at Royal Rumble have Lesnar versus Strowman. I can't see that's where they give Strowman the title. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel like enough of a build for him to be headlining WrestleMania. Essentially, they're back where they always are with Strowman, where the timing is bad for him. Right. I also I want to take a small, small sidebar, guys. If you're reading something and it says this wrestler has heat backstage for showing up when they want and like leaving when they want, that's not true. It's never true. It's it's like it's like the fucking not to be crass, but it's like that like um, Alanis Morissette. It's like that that like there's like you know that rumor that like running rumor that like they had like like the certain celebrities certain celebrities have to like. Like, oh, did you hear they had to like, get their, their stomach pumped because they had, like... The, the gerbil? The, the gerbil Richard stuff Jean. and Richard all those. It's like one of these, like, Are you chain letter, like... That if you hear a wrestler has heat backstage, that is the equivalent of the Richard Gere gerbil? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like this, it's this running rumor that gets just attributed to everybody at some point. It's never the case. Oh, man. Um... Braun Strowman doesn't have heat backstage. He also doesn't have a gerbil. Remind me of a sketch I did at UCB one time where I played Larry Gear, (laughs) Richard Gear's brother, who was a substitute teacher at a high school, and was really self conscious about the rumor that his brother (laughs) (laughs) had gerbils in his butt. Yeah, Uh, uh, and he would every time a student said something, he'd be like, "I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Why would my brother (laughs) bring gerbils?" Uh, it was very funny. Very, written by um, uh, Pat O'Brien, hilarious writer. Um, anyway, uh, oh, what flavor? It's lime. Why would you ask that question? Yeah, I don't know. That was dumb. But uh, you've been known to switch up flavor. Yeah. But cool. Let's get into cool stuff that happened on Raw and SmackDown that we should talk about. I think the main thing we should talk about is the John Cena thing. I mm-hmm. think that's the first, which is moving on to... Uh, SmackDown coming back to Friday. Everybody, remember, this year, SmackDown is coming back to Friday. I believe October 20th was mm-hmm. the actual, we have the actual date, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll have, and it will be live. Uh, uh, and uh, that's, well, well, let's not get into the implications. But John Cena is back. And hey, mm-hmm. man, I'll say this. <laughs> I'm just a full-on Cena mark at this point, which we all know. Since WrestleMania 31, I've. Just like I like I like Cena a lot. Um, the guy I think is just 
pretty fucking outstanding on the microphone. The second he picks up that microphone, you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to yeah. be. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what are the rest of you guys doing? Right. Even like guys who are, let's uh, quote unquote good, like Rollins is okay. Uh, McIntyre's pretty good on the mic. I was very happy with, with work he did a couple weeks ago. Those guys are like, they're still unable to just like relax, which we know comes from, we're not getting back into the bullet point. Right. Like, oh, it should be bulleted. They're getting too much scripts. We're not getting into that. But there's a looseness to John Cena that I'm just saying, it, and when I watch it on scene, I go, I, I forget I'm watching wrestling or something. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm watching television. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, John Cena, he pulled off. This is my question for you. I thought this was a great use of John Cena. I knew Becky was coming out right. because it was spoiled for everybody because it was like showing her backstage. Uh, it, it was all over the pictures of her. But what a great use of it. It's like, ah, we have John Cena for the night. He's not sticking around right now. Though I was the same. T- I, I was there being like, oh, I wish he. Like, I was like, if he doesn't, if he just does something that's clear, this is a cameo to get ratings up. And wait, by the way, didn't they say that he was coming on Monday? That was, yes, he's coming to Raw on Monday. They said that, right, they said that Tuesday. Th- right, right. But they said that on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So he'll be back Raw. Uh, so he's back. I'm like, so that means that he might be getting into storyline mode right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. At least he's at least in promote Bumblebee mode. He's promoting Bumblebee, which yeah. apparently is a good movie. Yeah, that's what I heard. People are saying it's good. Producer Zig, one of the harshest critics yeah. of movies, uh, loved it. Yeah, I, I heard it's really good. I heard the story's super good, right? It shows you the value of story. Even garbage Transformers movie right. has a good story about being like an outlier. Uh, that's like what I saw like, and, and probably maps to, uh, oh, well, this is an alien uh, car. Right. So, uh, you know? Anyway, <laughs> my point is that uh, 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 great use of Cena. If he's there, boost Becky. Yeah, Cena is so fucking slick on the mic. Cause I knew Becky was coming out, I was like, "What is he gonna say? That's gonna make oh?" And he's like, "Oh well, some guys, you know, this is gonna go. Some guys gonna come out." And he's like, "Some man." And then it's like, "Oh, have the man mm-hmm. <laughs> come out?" I thought that was what a good idea. I wish it wasn't blown for me. W- w- would you have guessed that? You think that it was gonna be Becky? Yeah. Had it, no. No, no, no! I would have thought it would have been like Andrade, you know, right. just to bring him out right away. Right. So did okay. So two questions is, did you brought up his like detachment? Yeah. Do you not like I I call it eight miling it? Yeah. You know eight miling like you know like when he has the the battle and he, like Eminem's in the final battle and he's like yo I know what you're gonna say about me here's what you're gonna say about me yeah. and he's like yo I uh you know I'm a piece of white trash and say it proudly you know right. what I mean and he's like uh, you know and uh, this guy fucked my girlfriend like he's like I'm just laying it all out these are the dishes but I I dig who I am whatever right. now talk shit about me and Cena does that a lot yeah. Does that bother you that he kind of like, I was thinking because we talked about this earlier, do you consider that the ironic detachment that normally bothers you about Cena? No, no, but the the stuff that normally bothers me about him is like, he'll say, he'll say something to to a wrestler, the wrestler will respond, and then John Cena's response to the rebuttal is something along the lines of like, like, whoa, buddy, like, relax, like, this is just wrestling. Right, right, right. He doesn't, he's not affected by it. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and I will say this about John Cena. You disrespectful motherfucker. You have a full head of hair, and yeah. you have the balls to come on come on TV with that fucking ventriloquist dummy ass hair, with that fucking, that, 
that 13-year-old on picture day ass <laughs> hair. Are you kidding me, man? Wait, it looks stapled to your fucking head. I'm a bi- I'm balding, John Cena, and you have the audacity to bring that bullshit ass hair. What's your gripe with it that he has hair and you don't? No, that like he has hair and I don't. It. And he's like it's it was so he looked like Ace Ventura. But it's real hair, right? I know, yeah, but it's no, so but it's, like, it's don't so waste your treasures. Yeah, there, like it's so know? weirdly long in the back. It was like tucked behind it, it, his that's ears. The thing, it's very strange. He looked like the, a prof- like an adjunct yeah. professor. <laughs> Why is the length on the sides longer than the top? I don't know. That's what I'm kidding. And also he has a full on bald spot, which you know, Fine, whatever. whatever. He's a forty year old guy who yeah. ju- juiced to the gills. Yeah. You're gonna have hair loss, okay? Right. He made out pretty nicely. Uh why not get that dusted? I don't know. Yeah, like dust, dust it up. It, dust it up. Clean up your edges, man. Get a fade. Get rid of that fucking... I was like... A, I was aghast at his hair. Die. Oh, Dice is here. Oh, no. Hey, Cena. Take a little dust. Let me tell you what the Dice Man does, okay? Before a big show, I go to the diner. Bang out a couple waitresses, steal a pepper shaker, dust my head, and go to the show. (laughs) Oh, man. You almost threw up there. (coughs) Oh, you did throw up. (coughs) Okay. Oh, oh, what is this? Lime soda? It's actually LaCroix. There's no sugar or added uh, ingredients. Tastes like my jizz after I fuck my lemon tree. Oh, right. I don't even know where to begin. Why wouldn't it be a lime tree? It was so close. <laughs> now I'm thinking about does his, does his jizz yeah. do something that makes the lemon tree yeah. taste like limes? Oh, or is he not, not a hey, difference? Hey, there's so the many. Joke's not over yet. Oh shit! Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, now it's now over. It's over. All right. <laughs> I'm now sorry. It's over. I didn't clarify any at all. Questions. all right, why does he? And why does he know what his jizz tastes like? Hey, what's up? Sorry. Had to get pissed. You got to stop leaving when that guy comes in here. He makes me uncomfortable. What? Yeah. Oh, what happened? He oh, was talk- yeah, he was talking about oh. how he fucks his lemon tree and that somehow makes lime flavoring because of his disgusting. Gist. It's disgusting. He's he banged a, he's out waitresses. Yeah, like, what the, the fuck guy, is this? Is that what he said? He says, I banged I out know. a couple waitresses. Disgusting. And then he did that thing where he fucking wrapped his arm around his head and grabbed his cigarette from like behind his ear. Oh, is that what it smells in here? I was yeah, going to talk to you after the show. I was, no, I'm, I'm respectful. I'm not. Absolutely, gonna, especially in your medical condition. Yeah, anyway, no, I can't be But anyway, so, uh, John Cena. Fix the hair, bro. That's yeah, all yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird haircut. Yeah, and he's like, you're calling out like, isn't it weird? And we're like, it doesn't need to be weird. You're like Fix an A-list celebrity yeah. now, man. Like, is this, this is what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. it it's like, be, yeah, I mean, that like side is boy. super long. If you can find him when he was when he came out, like when he oh. first hit the hit the stage, it's like whoa. Buddy. Anyway, I was happy to see him. Though. He looks like he has a wig on backward. Um, did you <laughs> think uh, he? he de- <laughs> so Becky, yeah, she's getting the heat. By the way, you saw her give a stunner? Yeah. She gave Charlotte a stunner at a house show? Yeah. Um, bad stunner. I fi- Yeah, bad stunner. And, and I finally- Tulo obviously is like, I don't see any problem with it. It's like, dude, dude. You need to watch- It's a bad stunner. Yeah. I know what stunners are. I give stunners to audience members right. in my stand-up shows. Adult wrestling fan coming out January 25th, Friday. The road to Calmania begins Friday, January 25th. Go. The, uh, um, so Stone Cold, when-, when, when- Kevin Owens did it, and he and Stone Cold called him out. He's like, right. he said, "You got to put stank on it." And there's no stank on anybody else's stunner. And from playing 2K19 to make this callback, right. they have in their list of moves they have a stunner and they have a Stone Cold stunner. Yeah, and the stunner is 
the stunner move in the video game is what Becky did. Kick in the stomach, lift both legs. Well, well yeah, what was there? Eight seconds between the setup kick and right. the stunner? When you give it, you jump. So, but but the Stone Cold stunner, the way yeah. that they did the mocap, is you kick him in the stomach, you grab him, then you kind of, you lift one leg first and let it hang for a second, and then bring the other. So it's like that sort of like, I'm going to put all of my leg into this yeah. and then jump. And that's the stank he's talking about that no one else That's a beauty of wrestling uh, when it's like they give a good this. It's like there's, he yeah. gives a great that yeah. and it's the same move. And people are like, what? It's the same move. It's like, nah, there's minor. Cesaro, there's Cesaro's <laughs> sharpshooter right. is better than anybody else's sharpshooter. Better than Brett's? Well, no. I mean, you can't, you can't say that. I'm not saying that. I'm Come saying that of the on. current roster. In the current roster. Come on. I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's, uh, that was my shit's yeah, game. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> That's fine, right? Yeah, I'm already <laughs> thinking of a meme. There's already, I'm thinking of a meme that I'm going to make right oh, now. Okay, okay. I don't know if you guys got uncomfortably uh, silent there. Yeah. Come on. But yeah, but, uh, it doesn't have the stank. It doesn't have the like the attitude. Well, there's like, you, you, don't, you, you don't want people to see you grab the head. Like, mm. You have to kind of fluidly, right. w the setup kick, you're into the head. Like I don't mind if you don't do like all that, but it's like if there's a big gap between the setup kick, the setup kick's supposed to move. And, sh and shame on Charlotte also. Her head should have went in a place where it's easy for Becky to grab it. Right. Anyway, what do you feel? What do you add on Becky's gear? She's wrestling in a... The man, it looks like she's going for a stone cold look. Yeah. Right? She's literally, the man looks like Austin 316. It does. She's wearing jeans, a little like jean shorts with yeah. like net, with like fishnets. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah. Like that's her, like, her, like, cause she had such a great outfit at that last pay per view. I'm like, she in pay per views put on like that, like Elvira, right, <laughs> Mad right. Max thing or right. whatever. Wear that. But then, like I get it, you're on Raw. Like you're dressed like a fucking badass. You're yeah. comfortable. You yeah, know? I'm totally into it. Yeah, but uh, man, I just I think she's gonna be fine. I just feel like I loved it. I thought she was great. I liked that she threw John Cena. She needs to be like way more vicious. Yes, right. Yes, like she's like toss John Cena. Like I'm gonna get the win. Like she like I want I want like give the middle fingers on the air or something or like if they, if she can't give them but she needs to be more badass she could still be a good guy yeah but she but she's still a little like safe yes even though like she didn't insult Cena even nearly hard enough and right. the reason I was so excited to be oh okay I'm getting it back my right, 2019 swag is here back the reason I was so excited to see Becky with Cena is because Cena sets the standard on the microphone right it, 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 there's no one like Cena you get in there if I had to go toe to toe with Cena on the mic promo promo two two of us in the ring on mic. Hmm. Not not ramp ring. I'm talking ring ring. Mm -hmm. Same level. I'd be nervous, very nervous, and I would know I would lose. Yeah. To the point where I'd over prepare so hard that I'd try to win. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Becky, she needs to win this. And Cena set her up to to win and she did win, but she didn't slaughter. Right. And she needs to be slaughtering. Like all the writing needs to be Becky. She needs to say she needs to Get close to cursing. She's playing it a little too PG for me. She needs to be more PG thirteen at least. Yes, I agree. There was a. This was the first time where because like okay, so she's made this ascent to this new level. Right now, she's at this new baseline. Right for Becky. Now at this point, now and because this baseline is held, and this is where we're going to agree that she is. Now we critique her 
uh, on this level. Right. Where now you need I haven't to be, downgraded her at all at since all. I said to her face right. that she's the best female wrestling talent ever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so now that she's at this new baseline, the criticism that comes with that is we need you we I would like for her to take that like half a second out uh, be a half a second quicker, a half right. a half of a step stiffer, a half you know just that little extra bit that makes the real, uh, like legendary performers stand out. You know what I mean? And, and and it's not to knock her down to a level. It's just like welcome to the the new level, and this is what I expect. Right. Uh, absolutely. I think she could do. I think there's more meat on the bone here. Yeah. Just kick and, it up and, half and a to gear. To be honest, she's to do it. What I'm seeing is that Becky, if you're listening, and we know she is. Right. Um. Uh, Becky, you got to break the rules right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta do stuff. You 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 need to be showing us what the man is, and the man is someone who breaks, who's who's pushing the boundaries. Yeah, who's asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know if we've ever had a female wrestling talent who's done it, and they're gonna write safe for you mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. You could still headline WrestleMania. Bailey has headlined WrestleMania and retained. Yeah. Not headline, you know what I mean, yeah. but whatever. Uh uh but for you to make her to make her mark, she needs to be she needs to be taking some risks. Put it this way. Uh she the, should have been screaming some stuff at Cena. Yeah. When she threw him out the ring, she should have also just been, you know, your hair looks your hair looks stupid. You're a terrible you're a terrible yeah. actor. Check me out, Marine Six. I steal the show over the Miz, right? Over yeah, yeah, over yeah. the Miz who's another idiot if he was here right now. Him and his wife. Their kids ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, I like you know what I mean? Right. Kevin Owens does this thing where he follow through bad guys. Yeah. He's like follow he's got his bad guying is follow through. Like when he's off the air, right? We've seen clips of him talking shit to right? He's always yelling, saying stuff. She's a she's a little she's being a little too polished. Yeah. I see the back of her eyes. I see like she's like, oh, I gotta keep this going. Yes. And it's like go yeah. Yeah. So go. I, the, the, so I'll put it, put it this way. The thing that cemented her legacy was uh, happened by accident. Was, yeah. Uh, but now the happy accident is that she's in a place where uh, it's twofold. She has to, double-edged sword, right? One side is that she has to now make right. the next thing happen. Right. Uh, and the plus side is that because of the status that she's attained, she now has a blank check kind of situation where not only does she have to be, or despite the fact that it's all on her now to make the next thing happen, right? it's the best time for her to make that next thing happen. She yeah. just has that confidence to just do it because yeah. you're not going to get another moment where you're bleeding on TV. That was a once-in-a-lifetime thing right. by accident. Now you have to strike while the iron is hot yourself and recognize that no one is going to tell you no. Yeah. Now, also, her song... In the beginning, this might you might disagree. Her song when it hits, I'm always disappointed. It's not heel enough, uh, or it's not like badass enough. Yeah. But fine, if you want to keep it, it should say in the beginning like I love myself, uh-huh. or like something like if you smell something like glass breaking. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she needs, she's that kind of attitude esque character. Here comes the man. It needs, it, it needs something, or yeah. like I'm the man, or yeah. like the man is here, yeah, like something, because yeah. it's just like well, and it, the song is not good enough, and they've had more than enough time to get her there. I think costume stuff is a lot thing that I, I, I've 
from my brush ups with wrestlers, they have a lot of control over that stuff. They're right. not, you know, and I think that's where she's nailing it. And I see she nails it when she, I think the choices she makes on her own are very good. Yeah. But she needs to push back a little bit and she, or she needs to push it. If it's like, fine, this is the script. This is what I got to say. Well, what can you say off mic? Right. And let us hear it. We hear a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? More we, than ever, really. They're, right. That, that thing is, that ring is mic to the fucking oh, gills. Here's what I mean to say. Yeah. Show me your social media on TV. Right. Right? We know what you're you're capable of. So, yeah, that's my point about Becky. I think she still has it. Again, we're, this is somewhere we're elevating to another level. Right. And we're saying, hey, give me... Let's take, uh, 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 let's have a little more. Yeah. Okay. One last, now, by the way, when I say we're on the road to, we say, oh, we're taking baby steps. Well, we still have a lot to be here. Brock's coming next week. Cena's going to be on Raw next week. Strowman is back next week. Um, uh, they, the women tag belts are not, they're announced, but we don't know anything about what that means. Right. So we're still, the year is getting, the year is young. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to, overanalyze a lot of this. But the things that we're talking about towards, like, this is a new era of wrestling. Well, Apollo Crews had a title shot. Fine. You knew he wasn't going to take the title, it's, which is kind of the problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the problem with their mid-card is that, you know, none of them are any credible threats. No. Although anyone could take that belt off Ambrose and I would cheer. Yeah. Anyone. Um, they also announced that rematch clauses, automatic rematch clauses are gone. No longer a thing. They're no longer a thing. On or it's like I think it's great because automatic rematch clauses are they don't exist in real fighting right. at all. If you get decisively beat, you don't get a rematch. Right. You might get a rematch if you earned it. And that's also how they got into lazy writing. Right. It's because they're like, well, we have to have this rematch. And then everybody's always like, well, he didn't get his rematch. Right. And then we have the same story of Finn being like, I never got my rematch. And you're like, I don't really care. Right. You did, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, one time they did use that nicely was Roman Reigns for face pop was like, the guy who gets the first defense is Finn because he never got his rematch. Right. That was nice, but it was also a way it, it, it didn't help Finn at all. Um, so, yeah, like we'll see this stuff out. Uh, um do you think this Triple H Seth moment was anything other than time filling for TV? I don't know. Like this Seth storyline of like I've been carrying this show on my back. He's like I'm putting on barn burners with like Ziggler and yeah, I thought that even Mojo Rawley, Mojo Rawley of all people, <laughs> tossed him under the bus. Yeah, he was like that guy's a jabron. I thought that that's the kind of shit Becky should be saying. Right? She should be like, yes. saying, I bet I think he improvised that. You know? Yeah. If I had to guess. Um... Do I, I think know. it's going to become anything? I mean, historically, no, no. Right? It's just Triple H inserting himself into a story and then not being around yeah. to carry it. Well, props to this. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the intensity. I liked the delivery. I liked I liked Triple H's sort of supervillain reasoning that he used on, on Seth Rollins. Right. I like Seth Rollins' response, his performance. Yeah, Seth Rollins was cool there, but I was a little bit like, what are they yelling about? I was a little like... I was I, I enjoyed it. I think Rollins' performance was pretty good. The audience loves him. Like they're saying, burn it down. I hope it goes somewhere, but we'll see. I like the main thing. I focus on Rollins is his hair is looking great yeah. and his beard. He's got a longer beard. He's looking really good. Love Seth Rollins. Um, props to Dolph Ziggler. Obviously, I'm biased. This guy fucking. I mean, rocked that match. Yeah, that cage match. He made McIntyre look amazing. Yes, I, I was watching that and I was like. He's like a superhero. He's if I amazing. had to pick anybody probably to do like a match with, it would yeah. be Ziggler because I know that he would make everything I did look real. Yeah. 
I, I known this guy at this point. He's been at, he came to my wedding. Yeah. I'm friends with this guy forever. But every time I see him wrestle, especially like big matches like right. that, I, I'm like, I I don't know this person. How can I know this person? Right. How can I know someone with disability? Yeah, when you see something like that. sits across from me. Right. You know, and you're like. The, today, the day of my wedding. The day you sit across from me. The day. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. Before the wedding, I did. I sat behind my big mahogany desk. Yeah. He came in and uh, I was giving out favors. Right. And I gave him, I taught him how to wrestle. Right. In that moment. Um. Yeah, that one spot where he took a superplex off the top of the cage. Yeah. That shit looks... They, when they're coming off, they mid... They shift mid-fall. Right. So it becomes a regular superplex. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Because they're coming off the top. You're yeah. Like, eh, that's well, insane. Let's do some quick math on that, right? The the the, the steel cage... The, the cage is probably, what, eight feet tall? Right. Uh Drew McIntyre is six foot five. Uh, how... That means that uh, Dolph Ziggler was at one point, like, 14 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Took that fall. That's insane. Yeah. So anyway, just props. It's stuff we take for granted. Because yeah. we're like, oh, he's not. We know he's losing. Right. This is to push McIntyre. But you take that chair spot. Fantastic. They all look great. I loved it. Um, okay. Here's the last thing I'll talk about. Uh, I got two things. Well, one's really <laughs> short. One's really short. Yo, Samoa Joe wrestled Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Okay. And they were in the outside. And then at nine, cap for count out. Yeah, Samojo rolls in the ring, and Jeff Hardy's still outside. He reset the count. Does that reset the count? Yeah. Did my? How much wrestling do I have to watch to remember the rules of wrestling? I go, oh, he won. I was like, what a cool way to win. He Kokina clutched him outside, and then when it was nine, he yeah. rolled back in. Like he didn't, you know, he knew he couldn't get him to tap outside. He's yeah. like, that's it. I've heard them a couple times say. Oh, resetting the count, or you know. Oh like, no, because if you go back in, because m- the reason it was weird in my head is counting most of the them time, both out. You, right? You'll throw the other guy back in and then like pull him back out, right. or, or you'll go back in. Yeah, you're right. And I think this is a stupid. So this goes to like why my, did I? Yeah, why is, did I forget? No, that? but because it, it's it's because it's weird. Right. It's it's weird because yeah, but here, so I, what, I should know by now. This bro. is almost like a physics question, right? Or it's like a metaphysical question where okay, so when the count is going with both of them out of the ring, that's the count for both wrestlers. Now that Samoa Joe is back inside, right. he has to count for Jeff Hardy, but that count resets because now it's just Jeff Hardy outside. Right, 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 right. So that, that first clock, gone. New clock, just Jeff Hardy. Right. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, stupid. <laughs> and new year, new rules. Uh, uh, new, new reset. All right, last thing I want to talk about, yeah. and then uh, we're going to talk about one last thing. You know, we'll just wrap it up, but uh, but we'll be done recapping. Well, but that, the, one last after thing, this thing and the next thing, there's yeah. only 10 more Shut things left. Up. Okay, three more last things to talk about. I like the writing for Rusev's promo. Oh, yeah. But I thought but, his execution was way off. Look, Rusev, buddy, Miro, just relax. Yeah, relax. relax. Just relax. It, it just Even if you have to like, take the heat backstage, if you have to go off off the promo and just talk about how handsome you are, fine, do that. But don't worry. Uh, d- just relax. Yeah, be ha- handsome. Relax. Handsome face champion Rusev, that was great. But then he kept being like, I'm this, I'm this. And then and hard work and know, just all kinds I'm, of... Perseverance and he he he's he doesn't need to be so stiff. Like relax, no. bro. Yeah. Like this is easy. I hope he doesn't blow this moment. He's getting a cool moment. Here I think and, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. I think he'll just all he has to do is just be handsome, Rusev, and because he's a charming guy, he's funny. Just be yourself. I think right. he got a little nervous, uh, but yeah, I loved it. I'm, okay, I'm a fan. All right, so look before we get out of here, I got to play this uh, this cash in. This is a. Uh, Cash in from uh, Chaproniak McTulo, but it's about 
The but I'm sorry I'm playing it, but uh, no, no, no. It's because you said we had to go. That's why I said that. But this is about the Royal Rumble pool. Okay, this is the official Cal Royal Rumble pool, uh, which I am going to give an asterisk as the well, asterisk is negative. A check as uh, part of the Cal 4D experience. Now it's not mandatory or anything. It's just a way to make the uh, Rumble uh, uh, fun to watch. Uh, here, I'll play this, and then if he doesn't explain it all, I'll uh, I'll fill in the details. 8.34 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's your boy, Tiptoe with Too Low. What's going on, motherfuckers? My brain isn't working because I just listened to like six and a half hours of Dan Newman Shabiro, Arlen, Skyler, talk about wrestling. And I just like, now I'm watching wrestling, watching NXT, and my brain is just like on oh, wrestling overload, man. But I love it because I'm a fucking mark. And with that being said... The third annual Royal Rumble Cal Pool is open, folks, and we got about 20 spots left. Details are up on the page. Just search Rumble Pool. Everything's there. Venmo, PayPal accepted. $15 gets you an entry into the men's Royal Rumble Pool and the women's pool. So far, one pool is completely filled up, and the second one is uh, coming. Um, we got about 10 in that second one, so yeah, 20 spots left. Uh, if you have any questions, just hit me up, direct message me, I'll send you all the info. I'm going to repost the link uh, tomorrow after, uh, in the pod uh, link. So yeah, with that being said, uh, yo, that Becky... All right, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard about the Royal Rumble pool. Becky! And, and, uh, uh, we already talked about all this stuff, but the Royal Rumble, uh, yeah, it's a fun way. You get a, You basically, you get a number, and then if somebody comes out at that number who wins, then you win the Royal Rumble. So uh, it's like uh, I've heard uh, for the Super Bowl they do stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, boxes, squares at Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. All right, I'm not, all right anyway, uh, can, we, uh, can we take that out? Shame, shame on me for that. Anyway, uh, 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 okay, but uh, yeah, check that out. The Royal Rumble pool is very fun. One, we already have one already filled up. Uh, this is our third one. The first one we did, we all took like three numbers because and now one's already completely filled up. But if you uh, if you're more of a ca- casual wrestling fan, or if you're gonna watch the Rumble. Like by yourself, you don't have like a rumble party to go to or whatever. Uh, this is a great way to make it really fun. You go on the Comedians Wrestling Facebook page, talk about wrestling for the morning, and uh, when you get to your pick, everyone's gonna know. It's very, it's very fun. Uh, so do that. Very optional, but very fun. Uh, cool. So uh, everybody, this was our first episode back for 2019. We got Newman back. He's healing up nicely. Well, I'm at full. Uh, Full speed, uh, uh, full health before you know it. But uh, happy New Year, everyone! Welcome, uh, uh, welcome to 2019. This is a year that I, uh, I have a lot of goals for this year. Um, a lot that I'd like to accomplish. Uh, 2018, I thought was a great year, personally, uh, for me and for this podcast and this community and artistically. I was really uh, happy with all that we did, and I'm gonna. Tri- My goal is to basically just. Make 2018 look like nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to rock the rock myself. Into, I, I, I guess my goal is always to be like, 
I'm trying to creatively be at the level of the rock. All right. Like creatively, but I'm never, I'm always going to fall short. Right. This is always yeah. just the hey, goal. Good call. luck with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm always going to fall short. And it's Romans, it uh, Romans 3.23, all have fallen short of the glory of the rock. Absolutely. And, uh, 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 but yeah, I really, you know, I really hope, just, you know, just not like specific goals, but like, uh, I hope we can grow this community this year and uh, we... Inspire you in some capacity. Doesn't have to be super deep, you know. Uh, and we entertain you, and um, and uh, and uh, and we hope that uh, you guys have a great year with us. Uh, it's gonna be very exci- exciting. And uh, my main goal for 2019 is to reclaim the cow heavyweight title. Um, I apologize to Newman and to the. Cow universe for me sleeping at the wheel and uh, getting a place and thinking it didn't matter it did matter and I saw the repercussions and the consequences here and uh, that thing's coming home this year and I'm getting ready and that's the main thing that uh, people need to know I'm gonna uh, play this one last cash in before we go what up the LaCroix boy Aaron Whitelaw just passing in on New Year's Eve Wanted to say that I'm really excited for 2019. 2018 was great, but I think 2019 is going to be the year of the cow. Uh, I'm really excited that I spent all of 2018 trying to explain to my girlfriend the importance of wrestling so that maybe this year she won't spoil the Rumble Royal Rumble for me like she did last year <laughs> because she saw it on Twitter. Um, so I'm really hoping for that to go well. Uh, I just want to see what you guys are most excited for this year. Uh, cheers up. Cheers up. Well, what I'm uh, uh, absolutely, and and we talk about this in the nine to five episode, the concept of trying to get your uh, significant other into wrestling, and mm-hmm. if it's worth it, I'll give you a little uh, sneak peek. Is that uh, Pitch Mister Perfect Skylar Aston said uh, he has given up. Yeah. He has uh, fully to given come. up. That's one of my favorite parts of the podcast because he goes, "You're like Skylar. Do you ever yeah. try to convince your wife?" And he goes, "No, because I know who I'm dealing with." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I I I could easily you can slot that answer in as well. Yeah, my wife is not a wrestling fan, but more of a fan of this community and the and the the work we are are doing here. But you said like, what are you excited about? What are your goals? Look, man, goals is actually a word like in the not to be like pa- Patreon, but Patreon has these goals, mm-hmm. and it helps me like set them for myself. And my goal is to get these. To hit these benchmarks, hit these goals that are laid out mm-hmm. in there. But also, my goal is to entertain you guys and uh, have you guys want want this stuff. You know what I mean? My goal is to and to get it done. My goal is like always to set these goals and 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 execute. Execution is my goal. Execution is my goal. Newman, your goal? Uh, well, uh, my goal is to. Quit smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's, let's keep, well, I mean, at this point, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't live a goal-based life. Sorry to leave you hanging. I just don't live a goal-based life. Was, I didn't realize this question had a question at the end. <laughs> so I felt this, uh, and I just kind of answered it. Uh, 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 Anosh, can we cut that out? No, it's okay. Uh, one of my goals is to make my 1021 train leaving Union Station <laughs> oh, yeah, downtown yeah, yeah. Los Angeles. Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, uh, remember uh, 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 the 9 to 5 episode. It's out now. I've said it already. My stand-up special, Adult Wrestling Fan, comes out on January 25th, the Friday before 
the Royal Rumble, which is the official beginning, the road to Calmania begins. Uh, and uh, got a couple hoodies left. Hit me up about that. And uh, everybody, this is the new year. If you listen to this podcast all 2018, consider supporting it in 2019, and you'll be uh, happy to see where we go. So everybody, spread the word of Cal. Join the Facebook group. Join the Rumble Pool. Be part of the Cal 4D experience, okay? And and most importantly, keep watching wrestling. Kisses. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 